welcome to SMAFCast. Uh, this is a first in a series, uh, but it's actually not a first. It's actually like a ninth or something like that. And we're talk- first under the Saber Martial Arts Podcast. Used to be under the San Diego Sabres Podcast. This is Swords and Sabres SMAF Edition Volume 1. Okay, and I'm not going to give you any catchy titles because we probably know Alan's going to have one for us in his back pocket here somehow. <laughs> Episode 7, The Saber Awakens. <laughs> bring, <laughs> bring the ruckus. So, yeah, we're already off. Um, so we have six heads on this show tonight, and I'm going to let them all introduce themselves. But uh, we'll go in the order here. I'll just say everybody's name that I can see. Obviously, myself, your main man, Fode, Delaware Sabre Martial Arts. Uh, to my right on the Brady Bunch panel, I have Sensei K. Sakaue. I think I said hey, it right guys. that time. Hey, and, I'll take uh, it. From SoCal Sabre Academy and Martial Arts Dojos the world over. Uh, we have <laughs> Courtney Monroe from Sabre Light Nights who I would at this point also call Sifu Courtney Monroe. And uh, he is from the Virginia SMAF group. And then below me, I have uh, Kenny Brady Navarro from <laughs> Phoenix yeah. Sabre Academy, the basically uh, head student, as it were, of the man to my immediate left, Alan Venable, Sifu Hello. of the Southwest. And, of course, to the bottom left here, we would be remiss if we did not mention Noah Kim of Confederacy of Independent Sabres, whose episode of SMAFCast would be a few weeks back by the time this airs. And uh, it's a fun one. We watched a lot of fights between him and the Penguin Sabre Academy, so go back and check that out if you have not. Nice. Now, everybody on the show has probably had a feature broadcast by this point or will be soon. Uh, we've recorded features with everybody here. And just to let you know, so far, Courtney Monroe, uh, your feature episode has been in our top two downloads every single week. Along right. I know, it's been pretty impressive. Hey, look, nice. no Hey, when Darth Chocolate's on the on the podcast, <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't resist the dark side, you know? So I get it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Patent pending, y'all. Patent pending. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Sensei K. Tell us just like a short version of who you are, because we already have heard a lot from everybody so far, and we want to learn who everybody is a little more throughout the course of the episode, of course. Oh, awesome, man. Hey, uh, and by the way, I'm honored and uh, privileged to be on here with you guys. Um, no, I just, uh, you know, uh, I'm just a humble guy out of SoCal. Um, you know, just had, got my chance to start with uh, TSL and ended up coming out of TSL with uh, SoCal Sabre Academy. Uh, lifelong martial artist. Started when, you know, when my dad kicked me out of you know, the bed. So it's like, you know, that's kind of how it happened. But, you know, just kind of keeping the things real, you know, having fun with all with all y'all, right? And see what happens, man. Good to be in here with you guys. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Kay, we're, we're privileged, as you said, to have you here and everybody oh, thanks, man. else as well. And Courtney, uh, you're next. And I'm just, let me just say, your basement's looking a little more fresh since the last time we saw you. Oh, thank you. Uh, I still need, you know, 
drywall and all of that. But no, it's you don't. Together, it's bro. looking dojo clean, my man. Dude, Courtney, I'm jealous, man. You got all that space to work out, man. Look at me. I, <laughs> it's storage central here. I, I know the the, the, the right. listeners can't see it, but it, it, it is one nice thing about you know being out here. I got some basement space, yeah. and then I live like in country. I'm in mean, like the country part of Virginia, so I got like a wide open field to do stuff too. So that's cool. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, Courtney. Uh, you know, like my man Kay, been doing the martial arts for you know a long time. Uh, primarily Chinese martial arts, though mm-hmm. I've um, ventured mm-hmm. across the world, so to speak. Uh, and um, yeah, Headmaster Saber Light Knights, and yes, yeah, good to be on here with you guys. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I look forward to um, you know getting into it. All right, let's go to Kenny, who's got such a good shirt on right now. <laughs> For those of you that are just listening, he's wearing a, a a red shirt, but on it is basically the most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yo, and and for real now. Yeah, it's for real. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to talk a little bit about him in our Shicho conversation tonight, <laughs> he, so we'll get there. Yeah, He's so yeah. awesome. There's a drink named after him with little tapioca balls in it. Right. Kenny, tell take, us take. tell <laughs> us the five-second version of you. Uh, yeah, so name's Kenny. been doing martial arts for quite a while, and I'm actually stood uh Alan over here to my right and been following him since this whole lightsaber journey since the very beginning. So yeah, I try to pass along all saber arts to others as much as we can. I would agree, Kenny. I think that's exactly what you and Alan try to do. And uh, I'm bootleg Rufio. <laughs> you do look like Rufio. Are you cosplaying <laughs> are you cosplaying Rufio? Bootleg Rufio. <laughs> oh yeah, he does have the the, the red. Yeah, the are red you hair. gonna be cosplaying Rufio? Yeah. Uh, you should yeah. you should cosplay rufio be injustice and you should get that pan sword you know that dope bell guard yeah. sword that he yeah. uses in the movie hook? yeah oh that's such a nice i need sword. to get here <laughs> i need to get a hook to stab me in the heart dude that sword makes needle from game of thrones look literally like a needle yeah. um okay yeah. let's move on to noah kim confederacy of independent saberists Hey everyone, Noah, Dark Lord of CIS. I've been doing martial arts off and on pretty much my whole life, mostly Filipino martial arts. And I started CIS from the ground up, and so far we are seven members strong and counting. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Um, all right, Sifu. Uh, my name is Alan Venable. I am recognized as a six-degree black belt in kung fu and a bunch of other different martial arts. Um, my sword teacher uh, actually taught me Toyama Ju, which is um, a Japanese um, martial art um, that was kind of conglomerated uh, after World War II, uh, but he emphasized a lot of Iaido uh, when we first started. So a lot of the stuff that I teach um, is going to be Chinese and form oriented, but when I fight is more Japanese. Um, and then I have some Korean grandmasters that every time I meet them, introduce me to new, more fun ways to cut somebody's heart out of their chest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about myself. I'm your main man, Fode, um, from the first state 
uh, in the United States sun. And I was born at 3.02 p.m., which happens to be, <laughs> hold on, the area code, the only one in the first state, son. So um, that's me. And I love martial arts, uh, particularly yeah, yeah. Um, I'm coming at this from the lens of unarmed martial arts. But I've been doing armed martial arts for a long, long time because I got a um, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say it, uh, but I, I got very interested from a young age in uh, in things that cut. So um, that's kind of where I am now. At this point in my life, 29 years in martial arts, going strong. So, um, guys, I was just doing the reason I bring up the 29 years is because I was just doing a little math. We have almost 150 years worth of martial arts training in this Zoom chat tonight. So, Dang. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, so, thank you. And I believe that anybody listening is honored. So, um, let's get into it. Shicho form one. Um, do we all do it? I think so. Um, do we all teach it to some degree? I think so. And how important is it to each of us? Very, I think is the short answer. So who wants to jump into that shark tank first? Dude, Shicho for life. <laughs> that, that, that's like, that's usually, that's good. That's um basics man that's really old fundamental that's gonna that's be the back start. of that's gonna be the yeah. back of your k-shirt tattoo somewhere down the body right. you're learning at the start of your journey and you take it with you throughout your entire journey oh yeah, man 100%. absolutely yeah oh it's it's your first day of martial arts class it's your first day of dance class it's your first day of ice skating you know what i mean it's that intro to how you're gonna do it for the rest of how long you do it so yeah absolutely yeah. man you know, it's funny because, you know, you see certain styles of, of just even swordplay out there. And a lot of times they wouldn't even allow you to transition to a one-handed style without <laughs> without being able to control, you know, the weapon you have with two hands. You know, so, you know, I, I usually, it's funny that, you know, like I usually kind of compare it to like an, like an orthopedic surgeon to like a, you know, like a neurosurgeon, right? It's like they have different, they have different, like, how do you say, um, roles, right? Even though they're both doctors, mm -hmm. right? But they both, you know, they all both come from the same roots, right? They all have to go. They all have to go to medical school, right? <laughs> to me, that medical school is Shicho, man. That that's where the basics start. That's where you can start, you know, looking at it. And the funny thing is that I can guarantee each one of us on the screen right here, the six of us, even if we did, if we looked at Shicho, I can guarantee you our styles in Shicho are gonna be different. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, yeah. so yeah. that's the beauty behind that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how how uh, sick are the listeners of hearing that phrase come out of our well? Keep getting sick of it because you're going to keep hearing it. Uh, it's serious. It's serious that you need to stick to the basics. I train with dangerous people, I say. Um, that's the way I call it because, like, I don't want to train with a bunch of scrubs, first of all. I want to train with people who take themselves seriously in the dojo, uh, but not too seriously. And I want to train with people who want to be good. I don't want to be trained with people who want to suck. So to me, those people always seem to be doing the basic things. And when they ask me questions, which is very humbling, first of all, about how I'm doing something, it's usually about something very, that I consider very basic, like a sidekick, which we all know if we follow anything on YouTube, sidekicks don't work in real martial arts. Um, and, <laughs> and nobody can do a sidekick right, um, except... <laughs> 
if Michael you Jones, tap right. gloves with me, oh. I promise you, I'm going <laughs> right. to teach you how, how a side do it right. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the point I'm making is that the basics always seem to be what the best people still practice the most. And look, you are a thousand percent correct. Look, man, you know, we all come from a traditional martial arts background and, you know, looking at it from the saber perspective, in my experience, you know, you have the people that come in and they want to like, you know, immediately jump to like saber staff, right? They're like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> right. I'm sorry if that's you, listener. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No. I really promise yeah. you because I love Darth Maul as much as you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That, but then like, you know, they their knees are constantly locked out, right? Like they, you know, they don't bend their knees. They walk on a tight rope. You know, they don't keep their feet shoulder width apart. They trip over their feet. They have no footwork, no stance work, but you want to jump right into that. No, you have to start from Shi Cho where you pick up those, that minutia, right? Building blocks. That stuff is important. You don't want to, you know, get in a scrap and then you trip over and, you know, injure yourself because you're, you know, your foundation isn't right. Uh, Are you like in my dojo listening? (laughs) Or are you just trying to tell my students for me? Because I swear. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, you know, I, I completely agree with Courtney. Do you know, and I hate to bring it back because, you know, when we talk about martial arts, we, we, Bruce Lee somehow comes up in everything, right? That's oh, because he legitimately yeah. did know what he was yeah. talking about and doing. But the thing is, he does. this is the part about the Shi Cho conversation. I really, this is a quote that not a lot of people have heard before. But it's, you know, he said, seek to understand the root, right? It's futile to argue as to which single leaf or design of branch, right? Or which attractive flower you like, right? But when you understand the root, you understand it's blossoming, right? Oh, and that's, that's what Courtney is saying. Courtney is saying, look, look, if you understand the root, you understand the basics, right? You can, you can graduate to any, you know, anything along that path, right? There's different things that you can do. But if you try to jump, it, you know, nobody tries to climb a tree by jumping at jumping at the branches, right? You got to climb up the trunk and go up the way, right? I mean, and wow. that's what martial arts is. There's there's so many possibilities. Noah, let me ask you about this thing that Kay's talking about, which is trying to shoot past the idea of growing a trunk and just trying to be a branch, you know, like floating in the air. Um, the reason I want to ask you is because you've got the newest group out of all of us. And I'm curious if this is something you have to contend with when you get new students about like, oh, they want to learn form six right away. Oh, they want to learn form five right away um, or whatever. They want to fight like Obi-Wan right away. Um, what would you say slash do and how much of a contention is that for you lately? Well, you know, it's actually quite fitting you bring this up because our newest student has been, you know, talking about how excited he is to learn how to use a saber staff, how excited he is to learn form five, form four, when we really still need, we still have a long way to go with his form one and his fundamentals, you know, he's got to, you know, get his footwork right. And that's, you know, what Kay said hits the nail on the head. you Got to start at the roots, your quick up the trunk, even though the guy has his eyes, you know, on the branches, 
That's a good thing. Arguably. He's not able to just, you know, Absolutely. jump all the way up. Yeah, it's yeah. it's impossible to want to get better if you can't see how good you could get. Yeah, um, at least he has a goal in mind. Yeah, that's yeah. a really important thing. That's right. not a negative at all. Yeah, thankfully though, he he does he understands what he has to go through to get yeah. there though, which is good. That's absolutely important. You know, the funny thing though is that you know, as instructors, as you go, you know, as you, you know, you have, you gain students and you teach students, the one thing, you know, we, we're talking like this because we understand, we see it, right. But, you know, it's one, not to crush your students' spirits, right. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge because, you know, you know, being a part of the educational system myself, right. Modern day education system, right. We teach, right. Especially in the general education system, it's hard because, you know, we promote getting the right answer, right. So we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we don't, I, I think we don't, how do you say, uh, we don't allow the students to be more creative because we're kind of guiding them or funneling them, right? Yeah. But in martial arts, I think we do, you know, I think we have that opportunity to allow them to get creative while teaching them, right, basics, right? Because, and because like, you know, like when Noah said, look, they have their eyes on the prize. They have the eyes of what they want to do, right? And if they work hard enough, right, through basics and when picking up those, you know, the steps that like Courtney was saying, they can get there. Right. But, you know, in, in the normal world of the world, we say, like, if we get a question wrong or we do something wrong, right, we get slammed. Right. Look at social media. Right. right? Yeah. We get oh, completely yeah. blitzed. Right. And that that I think that curbs that curbs creatism. I think that curbs the spirit. And I think, you know, part of being instructors in martial arts, I think that's part of our responsibility to not do that to our students. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I just, just want to throw that out there because, you know, like, you know, we, we know the challenges. We know what's uh, out there. To be honest, I'm... bringing up crushing spirits is important because <laughs> I think parents are probably the the biggest proponents of crushing their children's spirits. I and I hate for to that. say that. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I just – it makes me sad too because yeah. there were times – like my dad was my hockey coach. My dad was my martial arts teacher for a, a while, not my only one. Um, you know, and my dad taught me everything I know about mowing a lawn and so forth. So at the same time, like he would be the first one to be like, man, you really sucked at the, at the game today. Oh, and I'd be like, dad, like, I know what you mean, but you really should try that a different way. <laughs> like, and for a while, my dad and I, like, I'm not here to air out dirty laundry. My dad and I have a great relationship. He's an awesome guy. He's a great dad, but he grew up at a time when the only thing that was being told around the house was truth about everything. And right. he didn't understand, like, I'm only six. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm only eight. Like, I'm only nine. Yeah. Yeah. And then he Train did understand son. that when he had other kids. And I think after I had my first kid, I thought I got it. And then I had my second kid. And I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Like. <laughs> you have to you have to understand that like to use not my own quote kids are stupid sometimes and kids do dumb sh sometimes oh, and so all been there yeah courtney's oh, like yeah. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay like that's what they're supposed to do and i think 
I had to understand that from a teacher's perspective to understand it from a parent's perspective, because as a teacher, one of the hardest things to fight against is a parent and you're not trying to fight against them. And that's the hardest thing to get across to them. You're not trying to fight against parents ever as a martial arts teacher, especially you really want parents involved in their kids' lives. You want them to Mm -hmm. uplift them, not to crush their spirits. You want them to say, hey, great front kick, not man, you could have front kicked a lot harder. Maybe, hey, great front kick, but I bet you could kick a lot harder. Boom. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a great point because, man, you know, like, you know, I I always talk to students' parents, right? And they they come in, they expect, you know, that that we're going to be doing a lot of the work when they don't really understand that, hey, it's a partnership, right? Mm I'm like, you want to talk about mm-hmm. self, self-discipline? We want to talk about self-confidence, right? These are things that we can teach in the dojo. We can ex- have the kids experience it. But look, it's got to be done at home. Oh, my right? God, yes. You Again, know, so you're like, a fly mm-hmm. on the wall, but I know this yeah. is a common theme. And that's been our point since day one. Take martial arts. It's good for you. It and you want it's so good that it's underrated. It's criminal. It is the ultimate like uh journey in self-discovery, man. Like I think it was Jet maybe Jet Lee quoted somebody else, but it was in that movie. You remember Forbidden Kingdom? You remember that movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He was in that Uh, with Jackie Chan, no? Yep, that was Mm -hmm. the um, he peed on him. Says, um, "What do you say? Uh, learn what? Find the way of finding your own way, right? Like learn it all and then forget it all, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you learn the martial arts, right? But then you forget it because you don't want to waste that cognition thinking about what you're doing, right? Yeah. Like you want to learn it and then you want to forget it because you know it's in you, it's ingrained in you, it's in your muscle memory, right?" Uh, with the martial arts, you find your own way, right? Like you find your way to the martial arts. And then when you get there, it helps you find your own way. Yeah. And your way is going to be different than this person, different than that person. It's going to be unique to you. But it's equally cla- valid. Yeah, right. classic, classic Shuhari. Right? You know? Classic. You know, the funny thing, too, is that, you know, it was just the, the famous quote from Yoda, right? You got to unlearn what you learn. Yeah. That's, That's a- absolutely what That's that the, is. Yeah. Yo, we should take this moment to introduce a gentleman who has jumped on a few minutes ago we didn't get a chance to introduce him yet uh mr Mm -hmm. i think i'm going to pronounce this right ben fusan from the pitbull saber academy and we have not featured ben on an episode yet but we are going to very soon i'm really excited about it so ben if you can hear us go ahead and give us a little intro to you um, thank you very much. Uh, you're pretty close. It's Fusen. Oh, my bad. Uh, we, no, I like that. Um, thank you. I, I tell people the easiest way to remember it is, um, I'm the oldest of five boys. So my mom had quite a few sons. So oh, we're the, Fusen. <laughs> the easy way to remember it. Nice. But, um, anyways, yeah. Uh, like Fode so eloquently put it, um, I am the leader of Pitbull Saber Academy. We are kind of an offshoot of Penguin Saber Academy. Uh, I started out way back in the day, uh, actually back when Kotno was still around, uh, back with Nick, and um, was there through the whole fall of Kotno, rise of Penguin. <laughs> I like the way you put that. 
Sounds like movies. <laughs> it sounds a lot more epic than it was. It, it definitely because the pie been made into movies, but um, I kind of was around for the whole formation of Penguins and went to a couple of tournaments with them. And then uh, my wife was offered a position as a hotel manager in New Mexico. And we moved out here and there was no Sabre anything out here. Um, I didn't know anyone. I had no anything to do. I didn't work, so I didn't really, you know, really have much. And we actually moved out here with uh, another member from Penguins, uh, Matt, and he brought all his Sabre stuff. My wife and I were both really involved in Penguins. We bought all, brought all of our Sabre stuff. And then uh, one Halloween night, we found out they were doing, they do a thing out here called Trunk or Treat. And so we decided to kind of go and check that out with our Sabres. And, you know, we figured, oh, a bunch of kids running around in Halloween costumes. Glowy sticks will look really cool for them. Maybe they'll be interested. And we got a few kids that were really interested. And so we started training them and just kind of, I never officially um, finished all of my trials to obtain knighthood. I think I was short uh, the trial of skill. I had passed all my other trials uh, as far as penguins go. And I know they kind of follow, you know, SMAF rulings and rankings and all of that. So I'm not even technically ranked at a night yet, but I don't have anybody out here that can do that kind of stuff. So I just decided to go ahead and take on teaching the kids what I knew. Um, I was still really, really interested in uh, going to tournaments. I actually came back to California for, I think it was the first Penguin Invitational that I came back for. Um, I, had, I was already living out here. But then shortly after coming back here to New Mexico, I was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and have have now basically lost most of the use of my right side mm -hmm. and so i don't have that sharpened edge to compete in tournament level competitions with you guys anymore because yeah i thought i knew about star wars i've been a big fan of star wars since i was you know five years old and you guys all put me to serious shame with your lore knowledge and <laughs> you call it knowledge we call it not getting a date in high school I'm sorry, Saber Chocolate had all the dates, I'm sure. <laughs> Darth Chocolate. Darth Chocolate. Oh my god. Uh, oh man. Uh, just as a, a as a matter of fact, you know, you're 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 kind of just saying, yeah, by the way, I lost the, like the right side of my body's, you know, motility. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're still teaching, the fact that you're you're doing that, I'll speak for myself and my um, my lineage as a martial arts teacher. Injuries uh, are ways of training never before imagined, and the fact. Agreed. Yeah. Respect. That's great. Yeah.
and you're still teaching and you're teaching kids and you're doing it over and over again, I'll, I mean, I don't supersede anybody in, in, in any Sabre Academy, but my own, but in my Sabre Academy, you would have passed your trial of skill just because of what you're doing. Yeah. 100%. So as far as, uh, the very, very small amount of power I have as math president, congratulations, you're a knight. Done. Yeah, done. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say we don't even have there we, go. we don't even have official SMAF ranks, but we do no. sometimes do things like that where we bestow ranks given our own ranks. So I second that motion gavel wrapped. Yeah. And for those listeners out there who think this is a bunch of crock traditional martial arts do this too depending on what you contribute to your style exactly to com- what you contribute to dojo what you contribute to the members and that's Look, shicho y'all i mean what absolutely. ben just told us that's 100 percent the blood and guts of shicho absolutely well what's it called right it's the determination form boom right and At nothing my that was my always my favorite form when i was actually kind of like really studying the different forms when i was with penguins and stuff shicho is always something that that drew me i always liked having that good solid basis yes and i mean like my only martial arts i guess you would call training was i took one semester of a kung fu wing chun class in college Um, that's the only formal martial arts training i've had all the other martial arts, you know, air quotes training I've had has just been from watching, you know, Bruce Lee videos and all kinds of, you know, martial arts movies. I've been into watching that kind of stuff and reading about it since I was probably 10 or 11 years old. I just, was, you know, I came from a family with a lot of kids and sports and that kind of stuff were really expensive. And so I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to go and get the formal training um, that I think really would have been really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I found when um, when I started with with Nick, I was kind of at a spot where I was really looking for something really just in my life every day in my life to kind of put energy and focus onto. And it was actually my wife's brother is really good friends with Nick and he knows how much I absolutely love star Wars. I'm a star Wars nerd. I have star Wars stuff decorating my entire house. (laughs) (laughs) You're in good company. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of figured, oh, he this will these will be his kind of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he introduced me, and I just, I mean, I went in. I was hundred percent from. I got a ten minute lesson from uh, Christopher Doe, mm-hmm. uh, and then fought in a you know their version of a mini tournament fight. The very first night that I ever picked up a boffer, nice. and I was. where has this been my entire life why have i not known about this i mean i sword fought with my brothers with everything i could make into a sword like paper roll to or paper towel (laughs) absolutely so many absolutely markers yeah Yeah, markers (laughs) oh yeah 
Connects were a particular my mom um, hated when I turned connects into rapiers and stuff. <laughs> She'd be like, You're really gonna put an eye out, like the no joke this time. <laughs> That's so funny because I was actually fighting when I was maybe like eight or nine years old, fighting with uh one of my neighbor kids in my front yard with a stick, and I actually poked him in the eye really bad. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my mom was like, see, oh, I told you, you know, put someone's eye out with this. We're not going to play with that anymore. I love how moms on opposite sides of the country use the same phrase. Put <laughs> put someone's eye out. Like you're taking it and just gently placing it somewhere else. Like, no, mom, I'm going to ram these connects or this stick right through my homie's eye. eye yeah. As hard as I possibly can. Mom, you're going to see a spray. Let's be fair. So, <laughs> that, that was Ben's first day. Yeah. Here, that's a good question. Like, what was everybody's first day like? Amazing. Well, oh, I mean, heard yours, Ben. We all agree that that's pretty freaking cool. Like, I, I, we, I know we've talked uh, a little bit uh, to Courtney about his, how he fell into his, his thing, but what is everybody's first day of weapons training? Weapons Specifically, training. like, would, would it go be first? Funny. We got a we got a few opinions on the mat here. Who wants to go first? Would it be funny if I said my first day of of, of saber training started out with uh, some chicken and waffles? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that sounds like how I want to start. This sounds yeah. like a great story. <laughs> no, seriously, like uh, that's how it started. Like you know, because Anna, I, when because I started with TSL, right? So when we first started getting together, like you know, there's a big gap from LA to San Diego. And we needed a central place to meet. And I just happened to live in that central area in Orange County. And they had a Roscoe's chicken and waffle that just went up. And everybody in California knows about Roscoe's yeah. chicken and waffles. Yeah. Right? And so I was like, you know, perfect. You know, let's just have everybody meet up. And it, that just kind of that kind of became a <laughs> that just kind of became like a our, like little tradition. We would meet up, get breakfast, and go work off, you know, work off our breakfast. Yeah, yeah. You know. You know so that, that's kind of how I started. It's like, you know, like with, I, I pulled Fridell and Dennis up from like San Diego and we all met and that just kind of stuck with it. That's what, what was I was your, laughing at. What the, was your first day of like a, an, an earthling weapon? Like a, like a, like an actual traditional weapon? Yeah. We'll call it traditional unless it wasn't. Oh, that was my dad kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that with the Shinai? Uh, well, the Shinai, the Shinai, okay. The Shinai came later. Shinai came when I was six. But this is probably when I was probably about I was like five. Like a bow? No, 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 no. Okay. It, it, no, it was a mortar. It was a mortar brick. What? Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Whoa. Wielded so, like a weapon? No, well, it, it's it's a heavy grade weapon. <laughs> um how do I explain it? Okay, so, I don't know, man. <laughs> so okay, so I, I know I know seafood, and I know Mar uh, you know uh, uh, since Mark knows that you know, like, you know go goju training is pretty crazy. Yeah, right. And so you know every, everything's block. Yeah, everything's a weapon. Doesn't yeah. matter. Like you know. Yeah. And so my my dad, that's what he was trying to teach me. He's like, you know, I was like a you know like a little kid. He's like, look, I hope you understand what you're asking because I kept bugging my dad. He's like, I want to go into martial arts. I want to go into martial arts. And my dad's like do you understand what you're asking? Right? right. And he took me in the backyard and he says, look, anything in this backyard could be a weapon. Mm -hmm. Right. The first time he ever threw anything at me, he threw that cinder block at me. Oh, <laughs> man. I mean, you talk about, talk you about, can you dodge like, a brick, son. <laughs> you can dodge a brick. <laughs> I'll, I'll dodge. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, 
that that's what it was like, like he was trying to teach me that i was like oh my goodness what the hell am i getting myself into i'm four, like, like, literally like five like, i remember because like, like five or six years old right and my dad's never thrown anything at me until that time you know before that time and he's throwing a cinder block at me. Let's let's just do a little disclaimer. People are gonna think all our dads were the worst human beings. That's not the case. Okay, necessarily. Uh, I don't know. It might be yeah. the case for some of us, but for sure, definitely not the case in in most respects. But uh, man, that's a story. So the, yeah. Well, disclaimer. My my father my father was a judo practitioner and he was a gojudo karate teacher, right? And so. I mean, He's just trying to tell you, bit. look, this is what we do. So <laughs> if that's what you want. Yeah. So yeah. What what was your uh no your first day with weapons or save or just sabers? Maybe it was the same day. Like well, what was that like? If, if you want to go far, really far back, I remember I think one of my earliest memories, my dad would my dad had these PVC pipes and he painted them to look like lightsabers. Oh, and he would that's teach good me stuff. collie drills with those. Oh, you're uh, redeeming mm, our dads right there you now. Go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think this was before I'd even seen Star Wars too. Oh, oh dang it. I think I may have been like three years old. Oh yeah, dad is totally yeah. redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. even funnier. Yeah. We would call them Jedi sticks. I didn't even learn the word lightsaber <laughs> until I was like. Maybe five. Dude, that's uh, even better. <laughs> that's so I, sweet. And I mean that like when a when a mom looks at your little kid in the grocery store and she's like, "Oh, how sweet!" Like that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want that experience. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny, how about you? What was your first day lightsaber or real world weapon? As as Mark says. Uh. Well, in terms of lightsabers or exposures, probably when. When I was super young, just when I bought the first toy lightsabers, just goof around with them as always. First actual traditional martial arts was um, at our school, and when I was uh, 17 at the time, going back to high, uh, going back to martial arts, um, it was a non dal that was my first exposure to any uh, sports for that matter. And then that progresses into as the more I stayed, the more I won more stuff. So actually, you taught me my first real weapon. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That is cool. All right, Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, we have to we have to call him by his real name, Darth oh, Chocolate. Oh, sorry. Dark Chocolate. <laughs> Dark Chocolate. Dark Chocolate. The Dark Lord of Godiva. That, that one's definitely sticking. Oh man, <laughs> that is an awesome fight name. That is truly yeah, an awesome is. fight name. It is. Here in the blue quarter, Dark Chocolate. You got it. You got it with the whole name and everything. Tell tell us your tell us your first uh, weapons experience. Yeah, man. Nah, my my first uh, weapon was uh you know just a traditional like waxwood you know kung fu staff. Um, that, that was, yeah, that was my first like, you know, real training, you know, with, with like an actual weapon. Um, but I mean, I, I would like, you know, play with sticks and stuff like that all the time. Like my first lightsaber was um, like one of those old like Hasbro. Uh, it was oh. like boots from Return of the Jedi. It was old. I like inherited it. Yeah. Oh, some... I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like right. literally a flashlight with a with a cheap bl- <laughs> Yeah, blade. I still remember those. Yeah, I think the blade was like. Man, I don't know if you guys know like Dragon Ball or whatever. 
Uh, but oh, Kate yeah. reminded me of like when, when Piccolo picks up Gohan, he just chucks him at like a mountain. Like that, that, that just came to mind. I heard. Uh, I guess, I guess I'll chime in. Uh, my first like experience with somebody who was really kind of proficient with weapons was somebody who actually earned his black belt under my dad. Um, and, uh, he's probably not listening, but shout out to Matt Flanagan. Um, he had this like really clean replica of the Highlander Katana and he would this this cheeky mug dude he was like a fit rock star long hair muscles and six-pack dude and he would go in before class and get all sweaty and stinky with his shirt off and his highlander katana in front of the mirror in front of the glass panels where all the moms were watching and nice. of course i was course. obviously as like a 6 year old right running around with my green belt on like i think i'm already that and then i like look at this guy and i'm like i can be that so I started bugging him about the sword every single time he was in there. And, uh, and he gave huge muscles after. Dude, oh, yeah. I was, you know, <laughs> I was just infatuated by the sense of, like, manliness, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Saxophone music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny, because I played the saxophone. <laughs> but um, anyway, so it just started me on this journey of, like, anytime there was a weapon present, like that was where you know i was like the kid in in line who would like stop while the rest of the line kept walking if i saw a weapon and um that was just it like i was hooked started with our niece and that was my first like weapon that i owned and then from there nunchuck and sword and all that stuff from staff and all that stuff uh but lightsaber whoo boy I have been in a constant pursuit of the key saber all my life. Let me just say that from a lightsaber perspective. <laughs> there you you go. know what I mean? Like yeah. I've got something behind nice. me. And uh, yeah. it's just like all my life, I've been looking for something that behaves like that for real fighting. Hey, y'all, this is your main man, Foe. Just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Saber Martial Arts Foundation podcast. I really hope you're enjoying today's show. I also just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor and the official Sabersmith of SMAF, Key Sabers. If you're not familiar with Key Sabers, well, now's the time to get familiar. They offer two flagship combat-grade sabers, the Persuader and the Slayer. The Persuader is a community favorite. It's been around for a while, sits at about 11 inches in hilt length. The blade retention is about three and a half to four inches, which is just ridiculous and super balanced. And the newest Saber model would be the Slayer. Slayer is about 13 inches standard, but you can buy an extender for that to get it out to 16 inches if that's your thing. And really the main feature of every Key Saber is their all-in-one chassis system. The owner, Kyle, designed this chassis to fit the LED, the rechargeable battery, the switch, and if you buy one, the sound card, into this really sleek 3D printed design. Just a couple inches long, fits real snug into the bottom of your hilt, and it won't be rattling around and breaking stuff inside your hilt while you're fighting, which, of course, as a saber martial artist or just somebody who takes their saber fighting kind of seriously, 
you're really going to appreciate that. And with the switch on the bottom, there's no greeblies on the outside of the hilt to like mess with your grip or cut into your palm or anything like that. The best news is SMAF individual affiliates can talk to a board member or members of affiliate schools can talk to your head instructor and earn special pricing off the entire Keysabers lineup. Okay, enough babbling. Go to Keysabers.com, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com and add a real martial arts tool to your toolkit now. And um, I don't remember when I saw Star Wars. I was probably six or seven, but instantly i knew that that was like my jam you know growing up with ninja turtles and then we go to star wars like it's an easy transition (laughs) yeah dude Dude, but it's that that feeling right that that's you know the first time you hold a saber in your hand it just brings it all back right Mm -hmm. i mean i think to me that was that was that sucked me in really hard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like and every other time I hold a say, I was out there tonight letting the dogs out before we recorded. Like, obviously, I'm out there f***ing around with this thing. Just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no reason to. I'd say it's I say it's to protect me from coyotes at the farm, but honestly, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just yell at the coyotes. You entertain them. Yeah. I was just... <laughs> 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 hey coyotes check out my sweet moves and don't eat my yeah. little dogs please <laughs> well yeah my first my first uh experience with a weapon like a a, a traditional weapon um like in in real life not just like watching stuff in in movies and trying to emulate what they do in movies like we all do right as kids mm-hmm. Uh, was actually a uh, Chinese straight sword. Nice. Uh, that was, uh, it was Jin. And it was a, a form called Three Harmony Straight Sword, San Kai Jin, uh, or San Sai Jin, depending on which part of China you're from. Um, and the salute was all I knew for like a week. I practiced <laughs> that salute in front of the mirror like 200 times a day. And it then like the following week my teacher told me what it did and i'm like oh 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 my god like yeah so this, part, this part cuts their throat this part puts it puts the tip in the stomach and this part flicks it like this so you split them in half i'm like this is the salute what's the rest of the form <laughs> and i i mean i was hooked right it was i was like this is traditional kung fu all right cool uh, but then I, I also met uh, my, my one of my sword teachers, uh, uh, who is actually he's a living legend. He's one of the the few uh, white men to actually get to a certain level in um, in sword. And so he's like, you know, he's he's he has the rank of Shihan, and he lives here and he makes all the action flex stuff. So shout out to to Shihan Dana Abbott because uh, he is pushing the later part of 60 and he can still kick my ass for hours at a time, which is great. I witnessed that. I'm shaking my head too. Absolutely. Kenny's met him. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny has a test of Sifu, I've heard this story, but I apologize for jumping back out there for a second. Um, Did you already mention that he is the designer of the Action Flex line? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he he designed the Action Flex line and he uh, mm-hmm. makes every single one himself. 
So uh, those which... are the absolute finest non-polycarbonate based blades I've ever held and, and fought with in my entire life and probably ever will because I bet they'll still get better than any competitors that come out. Well, wow. the, the beauty of it is that he, he makes them so that you can like like grown men wail on each other. Wail like, on each other. And they don't break the first or second time you do like you would any other one that I've ever experienced. It's not a pool noodle wrapped in a, a canvas sleeve, right? It's actually a, a quality product. It has a piston in it. There's the whole deal that, that happens inside that saber that's just amazing. Wow. Now, he also has a line called Sci-Fi Sabers, which um, he did. We just call them boffers for short. Yeah, it was the sci-fi sabers are basically <clears throat> padded lightsabers. He has a nice, a cool little design on on the hilt, but it uh, it started off in traditional kendo and traditional uh, uh, Goshen uh, style. And he he actually did, uh, you know, if he were to drop what he was doing and move to Japan, like eight families would would drop what they're doing and meet him at the the airport. That's how much cred this guy has. You oh, know what wow. I mean? Uh, so like. When he trains me, and he and he didn't he didn't like I, I wasn't like his top student. He was I was just the guy he saw like every couple weeks, right? And he he taught half the chat the class in Japanese and half the class in English. Thing is, he said everything he said in English in Japanese the next time. Even all of his motions and everything that he did, all the jokes were were all the same, nice. a different language, which was amazing to me. First of all, and second of all, he sat there and said no this is your first day you're gonna you're gonna fight why because you have if you're ever gonna learn how to fight with a sword you're gonna have to learn how to get hit by one that's really yeah. important <laughs> that's absolutely mm -hmm. yo i was thinking about this the other day as i was sparring with the mma guys and they're like a bunch of meatheads and i mean that in the best way <laughs> i mean that in the best way but like yeah. if you are the type of person who goes into that type of environment and doesn't want to fight on the first day the anticipation turns into anxiety quickly and yes if you're just like let's say you go two weeks in a row and you say i'm just gonna watch the first couple weeks and like i'll try it week three third time's a charm right and uh it happens all the time people do that all the time i'm just gonna watch this time i'll come back you know take a class you won't come back and take a class if you just watch sure won't right Yep. You have to experience it. Like, yeah. like uh, Courtney and Kay and Ben's story about like, you know, just throwing Gohan at the mountain. That's kind of the, the, uh, <laughs> that's, that's basically the, uh, the feeling, right? It, we, we, we have different ways of saying it, right? Jumping into the deep end and, you know, uh, it, it's a whole thing about experiencing it for what it's meant to be. Right. So I was fortunate enough to have a teacher that was like, no, this is this is a form and a style meant for you to fight. So my Shicho came from that level of, no, this is meant to be a fight. You know, there's only five real ways to do to, to get hit, you know, and if you are smart enough to breathe out when you try to hit those parts, you won't turn blue and pass out. Yeah. So it, it was one of those Breathing things and, and like everything's really simple but the difference between being good at it and being great at it is going to take 20 years yeah oh absolutely yeah. 
and, and he uh, <laughs> the, the the beauty of it of Shicho for me the determination form is it does literally weed out the people with determination and the people that aren't. That's like what Noah's saying with his new student, right? Like he's got to stay, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course, because you will get to the branch you want to get to and you will swing like a monkey from that branch. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a thing that people have to to do and, and tons of philosophers, Eastern, Western, you know, uh, modern philosophers have have all said, you know, basically you got to do something over and over again and that becomes your habit, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about that a lot about how, um, you know, you got to do so. I mean, in my school, we call it the rule of 10,000, you know, other schools have different names for it. But in, in my school, my two, my students are all have probably heard me say 10,000 times. You do it 10 times just mm-hmm. to, know, to, to know that you've done it mm-hmm. hundred times to do it with, so that you know that you've done it right. Once you do it a thousand times and you've probably figured out how to do it well and then a th- uh, 10,000 times, then you've done it without thinking. You've mm-hmm. made it yours, right? Absolutely. So, and, and then I was reading through some other stuff, and I found a, a quote from Aristotle, who, you know, pretty prominent uh, guy. He goes by one I, name. I like think he, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty prominent. He, he goes by one name, like Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, we are what we repeatedly do. Yeah. Therefore, excellence is not an act, but a habit. Yeah. Boom. <sighs> Absolutely. I feel like I'm going to so, say boom a whole ton tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like if you practice <laughs> being awesome, you become awesome. Yeah. If you practice right. sucking, you're going to breed <laughs> sucky people and breed them or, or attract them to you. Right. Uh, but that's that's part of the determination, right? Is 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 finding uh, people to be awesome with, mm. right? And, I mean, this wonderful council that we have uh, here right now. Um, the thing about it is, like, you become a product of your own determination. So the fact that each one of Agreed. you get uh, all of us have have a student body just shows that yes, you have got that first rung at Chicho. You have gotten enough determination to, to have other people realize, oh, he's there's determined. Something there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something there. Maybe I can glean a little bit of, uh, yeah. of that. You know, and then that becomes something else. I mean, we have I mean, we got a ton of sayings, right? Uh so you know you don't become a black you, you don't wear a black belt. You become a black belt. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it, it's one of those things you don't you don't go out seeking to become an instructor. You become one. Mm-hmm. And, and you just transform into this person. It's just a, this weird organic thing that happens. Like everybody here has that. Like the reason I asked what your first day was, was now imagine what your student's first day was. Oh, man. I can't even. I try, so to, I I try to tell them that sometimes. Like, um, like. I, I was teaching a lot of like the 14 and under crew before I had to move um, from my other dojo and I still teach them online a lot. Um, but the weapons training has gone down quite a bit and um, that's largely a product of COVID. But the moral of my long intro to this is that um, I'm always telling them like, 
you're 14. What other 14-year-old is fighting with Japanese swords right now after yes. school? Right. Like, what are they doing right now? Like, taking a bath and going to bed? Like, and you're here at the dojo. <laughs> Four days. <laughs> Show up, Mom. I'm doing cod. <laughs> Mom, I got one more round of cod first. Uh, no, I mean, like, what are they doing after school? Like, the same soccer practice that every other kid at school. There's nothing wrong with soccer practice. It's great for saber practice. But at 830 on a Tuesday night, you're here fighting with lightsabers. I'm sorry. That did, I I wasn't doing that at fourteen, uh, right. at least not out of a closet somewhere. Yeah. One one more point though, again about determination and about form. Each one of us has had to create our own school. Each one of us has had to create our own uh, reality of being a saber academy, right? And often sporadic uh, reality these days. Yeah, and it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Whatever the backstory is we all went you know what nobody else is going to do it so i am she cho right mm-hmm. that's kind of how... point z and everything goes down in between except me yeah and, and even even if we had you know teachers before us we honor our teachers by teaching ourselves yeah and trying to get as good or better than them and i think that every teacher should honor their students by allowing them to surpass them or at least rise to their level um and like we said with ben that doesn't mean the same thing for everybody that's very vivid in the example ben gave from his own absolutely it's very vivid he's still here he's doing saber martial arts and he's doing it the way that his teacher taught him which was nick and it sounds like nick and lightsabers came along like just at the right time for somebody at the age he was then who didn't really think that his interest in martial arts would come to fruition ever. So for people who are listening, like that's a really big thing for you to hear in your car radio right now that you can do this thing. And there's really no reason why you should not do this thing. Well, how cool is it that your first martial art nowadays can be lightsaber i don't know let's ask it that's so awesome how cool was that ben (laughs) (laughs) i mean i had really at at the point when i when i started with doing the lightsaber fighting and stuff i had kind of you know i mean i was i'm not gonna say older but i was in my 30s already and so i had kind of figured that okay i'm not gonna go out there and and learn how to be bruce lee i'm i passed that point now i'm I, that boat has sailed. And then when I, when I first heard about the lightsaber combat fighting with Cotton, I thought, okay, cool. You know, I've gone and swung sticks at people before I had four brothers, four younger brothers growing up. I've hit plenty of kids with sticks. That's not going to be a new concept to me. But then when I saw how martial arts esque i guess is the best way to say it was it was very what really got me is it was so structured and it wasn't just a bunch of nerds and yes it is a bunch of nerds going out there and hitting each other with sticks because at the end of the day that's what it really is but the fact that like these people were taking it very very seriously this wasn't just a you know 
they were having a great time and having so much fun doing it, but it wasn't just a, you know, like going home after school and, and getting together in the front yard with your friends and, and beating each other mercilessly with sticks. This was an actual art form. And it was something that there were steps that you could learn and you could progress in this. And that was something that really attracted me to it. And I'm really glad that, you know, it hit me. It, like you said, it was like exactly the right thing that I needed at the right time when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Ben just said something about coming out, right? And, you know, just being able to have fun and being able to do in this structure, right? That, that's Shicho right there. Yeah. Right? You know, and, you know, the, the the way I look at Shicho, like, you know, like exactly what he's saying, it's like, look, it it comes, you, you start with it, right? And, you know, even us, like, you know, like, you know, like no matter how much we, we progress, we come back to it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, and I think that's a beauty. That's the beauty, I think, that is growing organically, right in this whole saber thing so like you know like alan's asking like you know how cool is it that saber martial arts or saber you know lightsabers you know, could be your first martial art like yeah. heck man i wish that was there 30 years ago i know and i think that the respect from quote-unquote real martial artists uh i'm talking to a bunch of them right now and like Back then, I feel like they would have had the respect to be like, oh, man, this saber thing is pretty cool. People are doing this for real. If we had started basically the way we do now, if we had done that in 1977 or whatever, 1980, 1983, when George Lucas was putting out these first movies, I think it would have gotten the respect that any other weapons martial art gets from other martial artists. But right martial arts in and of itself was so niche back then and still kind of is it's almost more niche now the more popular it gets among kids and things it becomes more niche among adults right well that's what courtney was saying earlier right how everybody's like oh yeah martial arts yeah you know it's it's just underrated yeah good that it got underrated i mean you you watch anything now and there's just a sliver of martial arts in it like i was watching what the office or something like that and there was like, there's like an episode <laughs> of martial arts there's you know uh th- there's all these these uh fun crazy campy uh animated uh movies and shows right now and look that guy's doing martial arts that guy's doing martial arts you know there's a whole just like it's just part of the culture now yeah but it, that like the uh it's forgotten because it's there. yeah well, it's it, we learned so much of it, and we see we've seen so much of it that we forgot that there's a lot of work that gets to that point. Well, I think it, it's it's like you said, like it, we we as a cultural now, as a society, have become so immersed in martial arts. Like we see it in all the movies, in all the cartoons, in everything that we're seeing. We're seeing martial arts, martial arts, martial arts, martial arts. And so we become so immersed in it that we forget that this is a very old, traditional, steeped in tradition thing that has been around for a long time. Y'all just didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. Right. You ever get this line, guys? You ever get, um, as a martial arts teacher, you ever get a parent asking you what what your job is? 
yeah. I'm like, what's your job? I'm like looking around at the dojo walls, like, uh, did you not pay your tuition this month? Like, do you, do you not understand what my job is? Like, I am a martial arts teacher. That's what it says on my tax form. Okay. And at this point, it nearly says that on my birth certificate. (laughs) Because I've been doing this since I came off my mom's chest. Okay. And it's just a matter of people like they don't even take it seriously anymore. They don't even think it's like a thing that requires skill. Like my kid got a black belt in two years at master Lee's X, Y, Z's. And I'm like, well, so what a black belt just holds your gi together. It does absolutely nothing else. Yeah. It's a funny thing too, is that, you know, and this is just something looking at it from an Eastern perspective, but we look at black belts as a, as a, as a, destination right right not it's a, a starting yeah it's it's not a you know we like a lot i think a lot of people don't understand that it's a starting point it's a checkpoint like you know what mark just said you know she chose sounds it, a lot like shodan which is your first you know, degree of exactly belt. right and it's funny because a lot of people if it's a destination that's that's your end point right not you know and i look at it this way and, and people laugh because i have it on my facebook page but my profile picture basically says it's like look you know, getting your black belt and not using it or like not continuing on is like getting your driver's license and not using your driver's license. It happens right? every time somebody earns and, a black belt too. And then they come back, Out like you just said, group. like, oh, yeah. And the mom, you know, then, then they move somewhere and mom comes in, well, my son got his black belt or my daughter got her black belt, right? You know, in like in a year and a half or two years, I'm like, well, are they still practicing? No. Okay. Then we got, we got to talk. We need to sit down and figure out, you know, okay. We need to put them back on that path because, you know, they, they're, they're, yeah, they're just starting, you know? So I have a question actually um, about that. Like for those of us that that have like traditional martial arts schools and stuff, uh, it is a distinctly different experience, right? Like uh, Noah, you said your, your first experience was with uh, your dad, right? Teaching, doing uh, uh, basically painting up some sticks and, and calling them Jedi six and, and, and going at it was that that whole culture is slightly different, right? Because you got, I mean, Kay, you too got trained by your, your father. So it's like, it, there's like this weird kind of generational thing that happens that makes it so like the knowledge is a little bit more important because it was taught to you by your dad, mm. you know, it, yeah. it's, it's the familial lineage sort of thing. It's like, no, 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 this is, this is a thing. The same, same, same thing that, you know, if, if your dad was, if your dad was a Marine, you know, and then you yeah. became a Marine, it, it, you know, there's a whole like lineage thing there. If you come from a military family or whatever, but the question I, I had is like, has that changed your perspective at all from somebody that's used to, we call them McDojos, Right used to to showing up and saying oh yeah i got my i got my junior black belt it took me two years you know what is like what's the difference between the the person that got their black belt through a fa- familiar line that's not necessarily you know uh a strip mall dojo yeah you know i got a unique perspective on that and I'll, so i'll let noah go first but i'll share my path on you know with regards to that question yeah because yeah. that's all that's all part of 
you know, shoot Cheryl, I'm right? really that, curious yeah. about this too, because when COVID really hit in a big way, I was concerned that I was going to have to do this with my daughter who had just started martial arts. So go, go ahead, Noah. I think my dad, when we started with that, he was just trying to get me into martial arts. And then eventually he did sign me up for a dojo very briefly. And the dojo used the belt system you'd expect. My dad didn't like that, actually. He said when he did martial arts, there was just beginner, intermediate, advanced. Uh-huh. There, were no, uh-huh. there were no colored belts that show your rank. You I just... believe judo started the colored belts. Yes, sir. Kano Jigoro, he, he, when he was uh, traveling around Japan trying to universalize you know, um, so curriculum, actually. And that was a Japan. 20th century phenomenon. That's so uh, purple yeah, belts uh, have not been around since the <laughs> 1400s. Yeah, the thought came late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, to through mid. So it's, it's, it's a more modern concept. Okay. Continue, Noah. Sorry. Didn't like the belt system. I've heard that many times, he actually. Didn't like the dojo either, so he just pulled me out and continued teaching me himself. There, there you go. go. There you go. Determination but, form. <laughs> yeah, he always, yeah, I, I distinctly remember him telling me that, you know, when he did martial arts, it was just beginner, intermediate, advanced, no crazy system of color belts or anything. And in many ways with my school now, we, I do like a hybrid of that. It's only three ranks to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I kind of have the color belts just to have some reminiscence of traditional martial arts. It is attractive to the shicho practitioner we'll say the beginner to have the orange those belt goals. in my case yeah mm-hmm. to have those goals is important like um i remember i have one student who takes my zoom class and in his words he's not afraid of going to the dojo for covid reasons or whatever he just doesn't feel like following all the precautions that they want to do in the um dojo i'm not stays home then yeah, he stays. He's like, I'm totally cool with Zoom class. It's all good with me. Um, but that's his thing. He's like, I'm just not going to quit. Like, I, he earned his orange belt over Zoom after a month and a half of being in class as a white belt. Then all of a sudden, COVID hits and we've got to close the dojo. We're thinking for two weeks. And then here we are still in Zoom class over a year later. And in his mind, it was like, well, this is a big wall that I either have to jump over or figure out a way to destroy. And he destroyed the wall. Like his orange belt test was way better than most of my brown black belt tests of the similar time frame. So when when you say like um you know, you only have a few colored belts. Each of those colors is very important to that student when they earn it. Like, very important. And you can tell who's going to stick around. Yeah, like my student Harrison, he, he when I handed him his red belt, he was beyond grateful. Mm-hmm. He still thanks me for it to this day. That's really good to hear. That type of person should continue in martial arts. Courtney, you had a very interesting martial arts teacher. I'm kind of curious about how this question chime or tunes in with yours but i know Kay, you have a perspective you want to share first no it's, it's okay Corey, go ahead he's been quiet we need to hear from him. <laughs> well you I, you you brought up the the gentleman in your episode who kind of taught you guys like a bit of chivalry almost oh, nice yeah. oh, nice yeah. nice 
They're black wolf. So how does determination fall into the curriculum that you learned under Sir Black Wolf? Uh, so so here's the thing. Before you answer that, before you answer that, Corny, let me just say that you, you have the coolest nicknames in your story. I know. Like your lineage is (laughs) like, all you're missing is a T'Challa or something like that. I know that comes later. (laughs) Um, uh, no, so, so Sir Black Wolf, uh, you know, again, you know, I'm gonna, you know, uh, brag on him a little bit. The man is a fantastic human being. Um, and I, you know, I learned HEMA from him, but, you know, more so than that, you know, he served as a mentor, you know, and, and how to just run this whole thing in general. Uh, so it, I feel like I didn't have to have much determination with him because it was just, you know, it was always there. I was just hungry for it. I was excited for it. But I will give you one. Um, yeah, this this going to be good. So uh, my Kali teacher, uh, he also, uh, you know, teaches Kajikembo and, and Krav Maga and, you know, you things love. like that. He's, he's, you know, multiple styles. And, you know, I learned Kali from him. And, you know, we did kickbox. We also did Kajikembo. So if you don't know Kajikembo, um, I think it's like uh like karate, a judo, kenpo, and boxing. Yeah, it's like an MMA style. It's kind of like it's basically up. a Hawaiian and California Fight martial club. art. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty close to the four martial arts that it stole its name from. Which yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very Americanized at this point, yeah. which is a good thing in my opinion. American we Kay and Alan and I talked about this. American martial arts are just phenomenal these so days. I, I gotta say that was some of the not some of that was the hardest training I've done in my entire life. Okay. Just to give you an idea of how it would go, we did like a um it was just like a six-month program because the way he taught it was so physically taxing like you're like bodily breaking kinds of training right so essentially the way it would go we would come in right uh and then we would uh we would have to do planks like uh you know you know not abdominal planks you hold push-up position static you know for like nice. three to five minutes or something oh my god and, and then we would have to lay on our back oh. and we'd have to do like the leg raises you know you keep your leg off the ground yeah leg lifts and then this man Okay, let me put this down real quick. This man. <laughs> He's getting serious now. Had four medicine balls, okay? Oh. Like one of them was like 20 pounds. One of them was 15. One of them was 10. One of them was five. While our legs were up, this man would step over us, pick up the medicine ball, and slam it down onto our abs, right? Oh, and we would so- have to like... <laughs> oh, that's like, so much worse. It out, right? So, you know, grab oh. one, two, three, four, five, great, you know, 15, one, two, three, four, five, so on and so forth, all the way down to five. Then we would get up, right? And there was one young lady in the class, since the training was so like, you know, hard on that area, she was kind of like, you know, you know, immune of it. But that didn't mean she couldn't join in on the fun. So we would have to hold horse stance for like 10 minutes and she would just come up and we would have to, you know, exhale when the blow would come in because the idea was that you're learning how to deal with pain. Yeah. Yeah. So she would wail on our stomachs, right? While we were in horse stance, (laughs) we would have to deflect it out 
Uh, you know what Ooh. I mean? To prevent- oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, we were just like going to sparring and it was full on, you know, 100%. If you don't duck, if you don't slip, you know, you're you're gonna get hit, and it was one way to get our body. <laughs> People it think was... like nowadays, like martial arts training is cushy. It is. Let me Look, tell you, <laughs> every day I woke up in the morning like, oh my god, I have to go there tonight. Oh, my yeah. god. I would just dread it. I'd be at work like, oh my god, I have to go do this tonight. <laughs> but guess what? I did it. I went every day. I didn't miss. Courtney, Chicago. Let me ask you a question right there. Yes. When you so you dread it all day long until you step onto that floor and it changes, right? So, yes, actually. So it it, it would once once I got to like the ten pound medicine ball, yeah. then it went away. I had to get through like two medicine balls, and then I was like, okay, I'm good. Let's. let's which is which is the craziest thing because all day you're sitting there, it's like, darn it, I think like, I don't want to go. Yep. It's like I don't want to go. And exactly. all of a sudden, you get into you get you step into the room, you, you get you know whatever if it's a training hall, dojo, whatever, <laughs> and you finally get your, your blood going. And I was like, oh damn it, I, I'm glad I came. Precisely, I'm, I'm texting my girlfriend. I'm like, can you pray for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Ounce of positive energy you have because right. I might not make it out of here, and you're not gonna ever see me again. And it was like <laughs> it, crazy, it's, but it's I was weird. back for it because I was not scared to be hit anymore at right. all i didn't care Absolutely. you know that's a um, scary feeling in and of itself you're like if i if i like get knocked out will i even know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will i even care like will i wake up different and not know exactly and then after that i actually started you know my stint like working as a like a security like a bouncer or whatever and i had like you know many many scraps you know that might be stories for another time but <laughs> uh, that might be stories for another like, time oh i, I, I want to be a fly on the wall want to hear I about know, that's going to be a campfire episode for sure <laughs> isn't it weird but, you know again like determination yeah that, it, that was pure determination right. isn't, it, isn't it weird how we're all talking about how we were abused <laughs> oh. <laughs> People think, oh, it's it's so cushy. Like you're you're training in martial arts. What is that? Like that, my kid takes taekwondo. What is what's so bad about that? Like my kid rolls in jujitsu. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I can never open up with some of the stuff that we go through and go with you with yeah. the parents. Right. Well, <laughs> you like, can't even yeah. do half the stuff anymore that I remember. Like Courtney saying, uh, the girl would walk around and bop him in the guts. Like, yeah, um, my teachers used to front kick us at the end of every single class <laughs> before we were allowed to go see our parents who were watching are, us are get you, front kicked in the guts. Are, are, are you not allowed to do that anymore? Uh, uh, no. We have to have some sort He's of taking reason. Notes. Uh, so let me just tell you, a black belt test can be any test. And uh, that's a good reason to front kick somebody in the in the guts uh, for in the, for the sake of education. There's a school that uh, I wasn't part of, but I, I heard stories of uh, because my, one of my teachers, grand, uh, grandmasters, basically said that when he was learning, uh, I think it was either judo or uh, or or karate, one one of the two. Uh, Japanese martial arts he did part of every class was to get punched in the gut and every time you uh, you got 
a belt certification, everybody would come in and punch you in the gut. Boom, yep. And, and <laughs> it was part of the whole thing. And he, and he once said, you know, I realized that the black belts never got punched in the gut. <laughs> he, he said, I think I figured it out. Cause when he got his black belt, he, he, he blocked. Because by then you should know how to block. <laughs> yeah, by then you know Shicho, right? Oh, absolutely. You should know how to block. That doesn't mean they will successfully block oh, every time. Trust me, my right ear is telling that tale right now. Because Wednesday night I forgot to block a really nice hook. Shout out to Keen. Oh man, he bought me good. You know, th- those are the ones. The ones you don't see coming that you kick yourself. It's like, oh, and I thought I was yeah. so clean too. I threw yeah. a back kick at him, and I was like, oh, this is the back kick of destiny. And I'm like the only, <laughs> I'm like the only dude in the cage that's throwing kicks above the knee, because um, I'm the only one that's trained in like traditional karate or taekwondo at all. Um, and they're like, what are you doing out there? And I'm like, oh, it's all I can reach you with. But <laughs> they could sure reach me with a lot of other stuff. And uh, like we're saying, man, Shicho, man, I got to really stick to like hands up, feet in front. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I can do to, to survive in this situation. Hands up, feet in front. And uh, so anyway, Kay, what, what were you going to share with us? Oh, no, no. Just uh, remember, going back to Alan's question about, you know, our perspective of looking at, you know, like, you know, having, you know, a family member that's part of our, mm-hmm, you know, like right. kind of our training process. The funny thing is, is that I would say maybe the total amount my father's trained me physically is less than 1% of my overall journey, right? But a lot of the mental training, a lot of the, you know, the, the, the you know, the spirit training was, I would say, probably 99% of my father getting me ready, Right. Now, the, the reason why I have a unique situation on this was because, you know, my father was a sensei at the dojo that I grew up in, the dojo that I trained in, right? But until I was, until I was 12, I think I told this story in, in the, you know, when, we, when we did our thing. But my dad wouldn't let me step foot in the dojo as a karateka until I was 12. He kicked me to my uncle. He says, go learn respect, go learn etiquette, go learn how, you know, go learn how to swing a sword, right? right. He threw me to Kendo because my 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 uncle is a Kendo sensei in in, in West Covina, um, and you know, and so I I trained under my uncle, but even my uncle kicked me to some of his senseis and say, hey, learn from this, because the Japanese and I know the Okinawans too, they have a thing about not training their own kids, right? right. Because you know, like you know, it's hard to be a sensei and a father at the same time. Right. Modern day, it's a little yeah, it's you know, modern day we're, we're struggling with it, but. You know, like even myself, like I have a nine-year-old son and I still haven't trained him anything because he still has issues, you know, he still has certain issues. I want him to mature right, and get over, like, you know, like being able to follow instructions, number one, right? And sometimes uh, it's know, so, just not coming from dad or mom, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. My daughter is about to be five. She's been doing karate for like a year now and in the little dragons class it's really about those those shicho uh, conversations about um like respecting each other when you bow in and everything giving each other a turn uh a little bit of coordination and physicality a little bit of fitness a little bit of um stranger danger 
but like it's not really about like how to throw good punches or kicks no. it's not really about how it's not even really about how to throw good blocks although that's probably the thing they practice the most is blocking yeah um and again it's like well your brain is the most important part of your body and they spend five minutes at least talking about just that aspect of of the class which is oh yeah your brain is the most important weapon in your whole arsenal and then from there it's all about like the kids giving themselves the opportunity to grow and absolutely it doesn't matter what you're doing it doesn't matter which martial art that is it doesn't matter which skill set that is if you've got uh, i think it's important my dad taught karate but didn't love teaching our classes because my brother and I, like my sister too, we were just like, like this is dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We ha- we knew we I had knew. to respect him. We knew like it was also Mister Dad, but like, <laughs> at, you know, when we got in the car well, after class, like we talked to him like dad, and the yeah. other kids didn't. And, and that's the exact point. Like, I, I would, and Alan and I were talking about this, right? Because it's like, I, I hope you don't mind if I call you Sakawa Sensei. But the thing is, is that. It's been so ingrained into my system, right, <laughs> in my head that you know, I call my father Sakawa Sensei, right? right? So anybody calls me that, I look behind me, I'm like, like <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh, no, like, I'm in trouble. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not that, because, you know, like, they call me that, I'm like, I'm not that guy, you're looking for my father, right? It's like, let you know, me so go like, get him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me go get him. And so, you know, I, I had to make the differentiation in the dojo, say, hey, you call me Sensei K, or you call me Senpai, Right. But Sakawa Sensei is reserved for my father, right? Because he's, you know, and the, mm-hmm. even then, it's like it, there was always a, a, there was always a level or a barrier between me and my father because the one thing that my father didn't want was that th- people thinking that I was, you know, like being a favorite, a favorite, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, and this is where this is where Courtney's thinking about, you know, like in my question about, hey, is that still illegal? To, is that you know to do in, in, in dojos? <laughs> Man, my my sensei. I don't know if you guys ever get a chance to look at my Facebook page. My sensei is about five foot, you know, like probably five foot four, five foot five, one hundred thirty five, sopping wet, right? And this guy is wailing on, you know, wailing on me the whole time. You know, we're, we're talking about leg lifts, right? I was I was I was trying to hold back my laugh because, you know, Courtney's situation is a lot worse because you got medicine balls that sit there and they land on you and you you they still you know, when they land they don't just bounce off, right? They they stick. But I got this guy every week during warm-ups, right? And I'm doing leg lifts, and I got my hands above my head, right? And he's coming over, and he's running, and he's jumping on my stomach to get my core. <laughs> that, that was his way. Like, that's the old school way, you know, like that they get it, you know. But he he would line us all up, right, all all the, all the students, and he would just run, boom, 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 and just jump on our stomachs that way. So I was, oh, man. So my dad, my dad knew from the get-go. It's like, look, you know, he's coming to the dojo. I'm not teaching him, right? I'm going to have, you know, his, his you know, his – colleagues or his you know the guys that you know that he's been training with teach me because like what you know like what you're saying right it's some it's sometimes it's about not having it come from dad or having it come from mom it's hearing it a different way right you know and the reason why i say that is because in japan they always say the number two is usually the bad one right if you, there's a lineage of right. like great senses it's usually the grandfather's usually really good and then the grandson is really good Right. And it's, it usually skips a generation that way. <laughs> right. And so like, 
ever since I learned that, I was like, oh man, I hope I'm not the bad one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm actually that yeah, second generation on. crap. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to work hard so like, you know, I can, I can forge my own way, make it my own, right? And then, yeah. and hopefully I'm not the bad one in, in the lineage, you know, of of the senses in my family. That's fine. That's <laughs> oh, hey, uh, that, that being what? said, right, uh, both Kenny and I had the pleasure of, uh, and I say pleasure because it was painful at some, uh, at some points to teach my master teacher's kids. Oh, that was, that was hard too. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's very hard. Oh, the right pressure. Like, oh my God. Cause how <laughs> much do pressure. they, how much do they usually care? So that, that's the thing, right? So the, the my, my point is determination right if, if we're looking at chi cho and, and and creating that determination yep. if you are so steeped in the culture if this is where you grew up if if this is you know you're crawling around in diapers on the mat right and you are in a professional martial arts environment in, in your professional dojo they knew they didn't know my first name until like you know maybe five years after they met me you know i was always uh well, it was always master venable, but it was it was instructor venable. Then it was you know head instructor venable. Then it was chief instructor venable, and then it was master venable. You know, so they didn't really know my my, oh. my first name, right? <laughs> so even now, like there's people like I've been a master instructor for about ten years now. Even now, like people see me and they call me chief because they knew me before I became a master teacher. Right. And so every once in a while, those kids will show up and they're like, hey, Master Venable. And then their friend will show up and they're like, hey, Chief. You know, oh. it, it's. <laughs> Let me yeah, just say, right. it can be taken a vast number of ways if you yeah. walk into any martial arts school and go, hey, Chief. Yeah. Like yeah. that could be taken any. Yeah way <laughs> well, a lot of it is 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 funny because that's that's that was my brand right so like you were saying about your your sakawa sensei is yeah. that you know k sensei is you you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever but so like i've learned that you evolve yourself and you your do. title evolves yeah well but when you see somebody that's a second generation third generation person and they understand that evolution it kind of means a little bit more to them, but it means something different to them. Yeah, than, I can see that. Than any of us that have are the first generation martial artists, the one that yeah. decided, yes, I'm going to do martial art, that sort of person, right? So, like when I taught Jake and Mary, uh, you know, Jake, he was into it. He was, he was like, yeah, I just want a sword fight, man. Uh, okay, <laughs> cool. I will teach you to be an awesome swordsman, you know, and I'm okay getting hit by you as long as you're getting you're okay being hit by me. He's like deal let's do this <laughs> but it was not important to him to get his black belt yeah because he knew that he'd get it eventually yep that's how that's be because it's it's just in his blood you know he's it'll, like no I, I, i'll be here it, it'll you know? come it'll come yeah. yeah it's like you know i i that's one of the things that like you know like like i try to i try to tell my my black belts too it's like you know like the ones training is it look all you gotta do is focus on your shicho, right? Focus on your basics. Focus, keep determined. Keep coming to the class, right? And rank will follow eventually, right? Why are you worried about it? 
right? You do what you're supposed to do. It's going to follow, yeah. right? We're and, all and, here anyway. Yeah. What well, else do you have to do that's cooler than this? How long did it take Mary to get her first degree? Do you remember? Uh, seven years? More. Was it more than seven yeah, years? Yeah, probably close to it. Yeah, I want to say more than that. But he was like a recommended black belt for like at least three of those years. Yeah. But she just like uh, uh, we we talked about that before, Mark. Where you just didn't see the black belt mm-hmm. there. Like they didn't yeah. want it enough. They couldn't see themselves there. Yeah. They kind of just floated. So uh, in our school, we call it the rice crispy. You know that little lone rice crispy that's just floating in the at, at the end of the cereal. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where uh, sometimes you have to you have to realize that determination for each person is slightly different. Yeah, you know, and that's a great point because I think a lot of people don't understand when a lot of our students are up for promotion, right? We we don't like as instructors we don't set our students to fail, right? <laughs> We, it's you know, and like, if you are, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so if, if we're if we're recommending students for promotion, we, we, that means we have confidence that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, and now Alan's point, or, you know, Seafood's point about that is that look, the Rice Krispies there, but you have to stand up and grab it. Yeah. Right. And that's part of the ownership, right? And that that's a hard thing, of, I think, for a lot of people to do. I mean. I mean, I, I'm going to go back to the whole driver's license thing, right? It's like when you want to get your driver's license, you want to get your driver's license, yeah. right? You're not going to just sit tired there. Of your mom dropping you off for a two-hour right. date at the movie theater with, yeah, come on, trying to drop myself right. off. And that's the same thing. It's like you know, like you've been training all that time, right? Right, and you, but you gotta want to, you gotta want to grab it. You know, you gotta want to step up and do it. You know, and that's she Cho too. Right. It's like that. See, that's why, like, you know, like you guys can hear me a lot when I say it, but she chill for life, seriously, because it's fundamentals. It's, you know, basics, foundation. It's, you know, the whole determination. I mean, this is all things that are built in. And it's the reason why, like, I really feel it's cyclical. Right. And even in, you know, even in even in the seven forms, because if you don't have it, you can't go on to the next one. You can't you go on really to the next can't. one. Yeah. You won't no. understand. You can't even do Mikashi without understanding the angles of attack. Okay. Where are those found? Shicho. Yeah. Oh, hey, Ben. Uh, yeah. Saying all that, right? Can you understand why I, I, I'm like, you're a knight? You pass your, your, uh, your, your, te- your test of skill? Because, um, this is it, man, this, that you, if you are doing this, if you're doing, if you're actually showing up and teaching, that's skill. My friend, that's what a black belt's supposed to do. That's literally their entire job description: show up, try and teach. And let me tell you, not everybody can do it. That's true. Not even not all black belts can do it. Let me tell you that straight up. <laughs> and, and the fact that you you were willing to get people on that journey, right? Is is uh, I, I I say this a, a lot, but the conduit between uh, the information and the determination in this point at uh, this point or uh, about the information and the inspiration is the teacher and you are actually inspiring people because the m- more powerful than the i guess if you look at it like in, in combat if if you're willing to win right the, the finding that will to to step forward and doing that is starts with the first step 
right? The first step into the dojo, the first step saying, Hey dad, can I learn this martial arts thing or, you know, whatever it is, but you have to have the courage to start. You mm-hmm. have to have the courage to begin. And that courage usually comes from some, seeing somebody doing it. And right? because that person is actually taking the continuous step, which is what Courtney was talking about, about yeah. being able to step back in that gym or in that dojo when you're sitting there thinking, dang, I don't want to go today. Right. right? Yeah. Well, that must be what Noah's group is experiencing, considering that he's got at least one more member since the last time we talked to him a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. You That's know? awesome. It's like clearly they're coming there and seeing especially after nick brought his crew there to hang with you guys like there's a whole lot of people who are determined to get good at this thing together and that's like really really infectious in a in a group one thing i always tell my students is you have to be consistent about your training otherwise it's no good you have to really be consistent about it you got to show up every week you got to put in the work and only through that is where you're going to get anywhere. You know, people, for life. people think like, oh, they've created the seven forms. So they must practice form seven all the time. They probably <laughs> love to practice a taru. Like, right. I promise you 9.75 times out of 10 that I pick up a lightsaber. I probably am doing Shicho or Mikashi, yeah. you know, which Mikashi is largely at least when you're first starting out largely one-handed shicho it's just one-handed shicho that's there yeah you go. there you go i mean my fighting style like i tend to like blend kind of a combination of suresu and shicho kind of like a mid-range between like i like the defensive you know waiting for the opening waiting for your opponent to make the first move idea behind Sudesu, but I also like the Shicho aspect of it, of being determined and sometimes having to go in and just create said openings. Mm-hmm. And so I usually will blend those two styles. Almost every fight at the very beginning, I start in Shicho. I'll move to Mikashi. I'll move back through Shicho into Sudesu. Like I am very I don't stick with just one form throughout my fight even throughout one single point I'll go through you know two sometimes even three different forms and but it always 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 falls back to Shicho it every single time I fall back into Shicho well you know um you guys might jump all over this when I say this but um as far as like, how do I want to say this? As far as like when, when students are doing Shicho in, um, and they're like, ah, and they don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. Um, is that not the perfect time to like, maybe just like start a fight? And maybe whoop, whoop their butt with a little chicho. You that's know what, what I mean? I do. Like, that's, that's exactly the perfect opportunity to just, like, okay. And show them in a very amicably badass way that, um, you know, the basics work. The basics work. And not only that, but 
every form. You guys, you guys know the term master key. Have you heard this term master key? This is a term I use in martial arts all the time in all of my classes. And this is what I figured you might jump on. Shicho is that master key that Ben's describing. Okay. He doesn't get to his Makashi or Suresu without his Shicho in between. It's the peanut butter and the jelly in the sandwich. Okay. Um, otherwise it's just bread. And nobody wants to make a meal of just bread. Not even people who love bread. Okay. Oprah. I love bread. I get it. Oprah. But you probably also <laughs> love peanut butter and jelly. Too, <laughs> so that that being said, uh, one of the things that happens in between classes, you know, is usually students asking you questions, right? Um, and photos talking about like a student that uh, you know is kind of, you know. Uh, maybe not down in the dumps is, is the wrong expression but maybe jaded jaded about about yeah. certain uh things so i have a two-part question first does anybody attack attack their students while they're asking questions because i f- that's all what the, i do all the time <laughs> so, <laughs> ask outside of class i attack you uh mainly because i feel like if you can't formulate a question while somebody's attacking you it wasn't that important <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I oh, okay. answered it in you class. You have the question well thought out in your head. You were thinking of the question as you were asking the question. Right. Therefore, you couldn't defend yourself against an attack. Exactly. Well, if if it was really important, I have already pro- uh, uh, and I didn't address it in class. Then go ahead and enunciate that question while I'm attacking you, and you're actually still practicing. Mm-hmm. So that that, that, that that's kind of my first question uh the second part of the question so first do you attack your students in between classes uh second (laughs) second what is your favorite um your favorite drill basic drill that students might become jaded at or roll their eyes one of your she chose standbys i like that question my my absolute and 100 percent devotion to at the beginning of every class we do shicho one and two strike control drills against a tree every single class every single time control is one of the most important things that i try to teach my students Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they get very bored with it very quickly but (laughs) i still make them do it yeah there you go and they still come back so there's determination all around bring their friends and they bring their friends and their siblings. There you yeah. go. Hey, I know a few karate teachers who need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, how about you, man? Uh, so there's so many that I enjoy. Uh, but <laughs> I guess if I think about it, um, you know, I, I, I teach very, um, you know, as close to the, the Star Wars lore as I can, right? Yeah. So... You know, I use the term accelerations, which means, you know, solo drills pretty much. And then um, the velocities are when you take those solo drills and put it with a partner. Right. And then you speed it up so that it becomes combative and unpredictable. And then you just go right into sparring from there. So you're doing all the moves like, you know, an unchoreographed way. But I guess um, it's probably floor drills, man. Um, you are going to go up and down the floor 
and uh, multiple different footwork patterns. Nice. Different type movements and blocking movements up and down the floor, up and down the floor until you have holes in your shoes. Like that, that, that's my whole thing. Um, I need some more of that in my own classes. I don't do enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) You learn how to move, put your feet in front of the other, you time it right. Yeah. I take my own footwork for granted. Like, oh, my students get it because I did it. It's like, well, well, (laughs) clearly I know that's wrong, but (laughs) all of that thought goes to say, hey, I can do it. Why can't you do it? Yeah, no, it took one of my teachers has this saying, like, you forget what it's like to be a white belt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not true. But it's not, it's it's also not true. Like, I'm, I'm a black belt. I'm watching the white return to the fabric of my belt every time I tie it on. But, (laughs) but it is true also because like, I just take for granted that I'm good at certain things or that I can explain certain. And then like, I'm watching my students like, what is he talking about? And like, hold on, maybe I can't, (laughs) maybe I can't explain certain things and my Shicho needs to be better. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I, when you get the glossy eyes, it's like, uh oh, maybe I went yeah. too far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I started to care about how much I know again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Kenny, tell us about um, tell us about one of your favorite Shicho drills. Oh, I'm sorry, Courtney. Yeah. Courtney, and Jeff, <laughs> do you attack your students in between classes? Uh, or yeah, maybe a, a better I way to phrase that. Go, it's treason, man. all right kenny what's one of your favorite chicho drills um basically just running over again we have this whole one through eight system and pretty much after i teach everyone how to do those the basic techniques and they're both walking and cutting uh then i have students go pair up with me pair up with each other and say can you do this slowly of course and Harvard just going at a slow pace. And usually when people are bored at a certain point, okay, I know the I know these techniques, I know these steps. Then I make it slightly interesting by okay, listen to the sound of my voice. I'll say the same techniques, you know the order, but I'll say in a different pace to keep you on your toes. Can you react slow and fast at a at a point's notice? Nice. So that's one way I modify the boring, okay, let's review our, yeah. our eight techniques. That's right. important for teachers to hear and steal. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Pay me 10, pay me 10 bucks for my OnlyFans getting more information. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Noah, what's one of your Shicho bread and butter drills? So whenever I have a new student start out, I always, I like to test their patience. I don't even put a saber in their hands. I just make them just keep going back and forth oh, with the basic footwork so cool. just to test their patience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that. And very Sith-like. <laughs> That's a very Dooku thing to choose. No, uh, actually, if, if you well, uh, have read the Darth Plagueis book, like, Good old Sheev, Sheev Palpatine asks, asks Plagueis, how long are we supposed to do this? And what's Plagueis' answer? Anybody remember? It's been a while. I haven't known uh, Not a second shorter than a decade. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. 
when oh, parents, when parents right. come in or, or just students come in and they're like, so how long does it take to earn like a black belt? Or in the case of like sabers, like how long does it take to master this form or whatever? It's like, uh, well, you could, you can like buy a black belt in five minutes from right. centurymartialarts.com. Uh, if you want to earn a black belt, it'll take you about four to six years. And if you want to become a martial artist, again, not a second less than one decade is going to, is going to help you. As a matter of fact, I'd recommend you take two decades just to be sure. Right. And, and another thing you can add to that is that a decade's going to come whether you're doing martial arts or not. Yeah. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What about you, man? No, man. All, all your all your examples are taking back to my, my uncle kicking my ass in Kendall. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, even even Noah, you know, talking about you know footwork. I mean, that's all we did for the first six months. We, we couldn't even we couldn't even wear our Kendall gear back then. It's like you know, like you know, we had we had a hachimaki, we had our you know like a little freaking like, you know, headband. And we had a shinai, and that was it. And they were only let us do, you know, footwork and you know, learning how to hit the you know, hit the different targets in Kendo. Mm-hmm. Man, so but the thing is, is once I like so to give you a little bit more, because you know, like T- in TSL, we didn't we don't necessarily teach, right? It was mainly just combat. You know, people just jumped in. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I was harping on is that look, we need to get better on our one step drills because if you can't understand your one step your one step drill to hit your target. You're not gonna hit your target, man. Right? How you, very you, karate of you. Oh well, that, that's mm-hmm. my background, right? No, so you're 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 right. spot on. Oh, but that was the thing. It's like you know, so like even the guys that were more experienced, I was like, look, you need to work on your one hit drill. You need to work on your distance. You need to work on, you know, and from there you can work on your speed, your timing, right? Because we're talking about fighting, right? We're not talking about basics at this point with these guys, right? And so I mean, that's what I was telling them, but. My sensei you know, say the same thing. We I, I say this all the time, but we have one person who everybody calls sensei, and even her sensei calls her sensei. Um, <laughs> and everybody else is just Mr. or Miss. And same, she says the same thing to everybody when they're like, sensei, what can I work on in this class, that class? One step sparring. But, I mean, all that is is one person throws a punch and – they're going to try and hit you really hard in the guts and you have to not get punched by doing one thing faster so, than them. So it's funny you say that because if you want to talk about Shicho, you know, for my black belts, I have a drill that they hate and it's called a 30 second drill. And I have the pleasure of working out in a gym, right? And so in, in the gym has a basketball court and that's mainly our floor. So what I do is I split them up into two lines and I basically go to center court where the, you know, where the jump ring is right? says, this is your side. This is your side, right? 30 seconds. This side can only attack. This side can only defend, right? right? Switch, right? This, and once they do, they switch. Okay. Now both of you guys can attack, right? Then after that free, right? But 30 seconds, right? You step out of the ring, you're out, you, you know, you give up or you, you don't do anything. You're out. Right. And it, we're going to keep doing this until I basically I tell them we're going to keep doing this until I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or my or, or if my voice goes out, then yeah. it's funny. If my voice goes out, then Sensei Donnie's going to take my place. Yeah. Right? He's going to go. So I've always. But the thing is. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying that. I mean, but that that's that's part of like, you know, exactly what you're saying. Right. You eat bon, right. You eat bon yeah. kumite, right. It's like. So, you say it's so much cooler than I do. I say oh, it's no, such I'm a sorry. metagon. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so 
let me let me throw this drill out there. I would say it's not one that my students get jaded by. Um, they actually really like it. Sometimes maybe too much. I have to kind of stop them. But it's very basic. And I do it with all the forms. Um, especially when you're getting into form four and five, the control, like, uh, I think it was Noah that was talking about control and, and like patience. Um, the control aspect of it is we had these like traffic cones and just rubber traffic cones, orange rubber traffic cones, and they had holes in the top. And we had a gang of tennis balls that we would use for various drills. So we would stick a tennis ball on top of the cone and stick the cone with the tennis ball on top of a punching bag. And so that would be right about head height for most of these kids with the punching bags we were using. And um, they'd take their weapon, whatever weapon they were using, except maybe nunchuck, and um, try have to not knock the tennis ball off that cone. And if they had to, if they did knock the tennis ball off the cone, two push-ups right then and there. You know what I mean? And it becomes less about for the younger they are, it becomes less about not hitting the ball and more about not having to do push-ups. <laughs> but the older they get, every time they have to do push-ups, they're like, "Oh, that was a moment where I lost control of my blade or my bow yep. or whatever." That becomes a and like if you do it with unarmed martial arts the same idea if you can stop your roundhouse kick right before you get to that tennis ball well you could definitely knock the tennis ball off we're not worried about that so but they like it they really seem to like that drill that was one of the things about control drills that like um i remember because we did a lot of control drills in penguin was you know doing your strike and stopping it as close to your target as possible without hitting it um, when I started teaching the kids and stuff in, in the school that I do, I teach them to actually go ahead and follow through and hit your target. I, I, cause I don't want you to, while you're in the middle of a fight, be thinking, stop my blade before it hits the target. Sure, That's sure. not yep. many, many points you're going to lose every fight. Mm-hmm. So what I tried to do, um, and I'm still trying to develop a way to do this, right? Because it didn't work. But I have like these little like soccer cones, the little like like little low to the ground ones. And I would put two of them and I did this for five strike drills. I would put two of them on the wall that they were doing the five strike drill against. And then I would put a piece of paper in between the two of them, tape a piece of paper and say, you have to hit the paper, but don't break the paper. I want you to actually make contact but not so hard that it actually breaks the paper. Hmm. And my students really, really like that, that they're actually, you know, at first they're like, well, we're learning how to not hit stuff. That's not really, you know, that's not really sword fighting. And don't, so don't I go to Aikido it. or jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, no, I, I mean, we're a fifth group. I, I make no, qualms about it when i mean most of my boffers are red i <laughs> we're a sith group i have sith stuff all over everything that i bring to group and so i want them to hit people i want them to hit me i want i don't want them i've i noticed that um because when i fight my students i will oftentimes just stand in the corner and just not move and just stare at them and it really freaks them out because they'll be like <laughs> full swings at me and i just literally do not move 
And they're like, it's so scary. I was like, that's because I know for a fact you're not close enough to hit me. Come closer. Take that step. Don't be afraid. Hit me. And I was like, so that's when I developed a new control style of like hitting your target, just not too hard. Learning yeah. how to learning how to know when to start your stop. That is a that is a trademark, I think, of all of the SMAF schools. Kind of without before they were part of SMAF was we're all kind of trying to teach technique over um, contact just for contact's sake. Like we're all quote unquote full contact and very proud of it. But we also like nobody wants to break a finger in practice. Nobody wants to roll an ankle. Nobody wants to get their fencing mask bashed in. Not only is it an expensive thing to replace, first of all, uh, in a grassroots activity, but like it's terrifying. It, yeah, it, it, it is terrifying and it's super disrespectful. Yeah, it's not cool. It's super disrespectful. And what does it teach? I don't know. I mean, I was talking about this again with the MMA meatheads, and I say that again very respectfully and with a ton of admiration and love, but that's only because on Wednesday night I have to go tap gloves with them, and if they hear me call them meatheads too many times, they got to know I love them. Um, but <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu is just the art of folding someone's clothes while they're still wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh I was talking about this with them. Like when you're training, when you're training for a fight or something like that, what you don't need is a training partner who knocks you out in a camp. Right. Yeah. That's what you don't yeah, need. I completely agree with that. Because you've only got like getting hit in the head is completely deleterious. There's zero being added back to your brain capacity after you get hit in the head with a fist or a kick or something like that. So if you're doing the same thing with swords and things like that, like you really have to think about how long you really want to do this activity. Do you want to make it your whole life or do you want to prove once or twice that you're the toughest person in the room and then never prove it again because you're completely brain dead? Um, granted, that's an exaggeration, yeah. but that's where it comes in. Like if you're doing um, – I was talking to this one guy who's got a fight coming up in a month or two, and um, he was training with some of the really good people, and the reason he was is because he knew he could go a little harder with them. Why did he know he could go a little harder with them? Because they're still not going to bust his nose on purpose. They're still not going to pop his teeth out or crack his shin like Chris Weidman. Sorry, Chris Weidman. Love you, dude. Um, <laughs> ju just because they can. They're going to like maybe give you a bruise, maybe, maybe a little red mark on your cheek or something. Maybe. And maybe your neck or your elbow will be a little sore after wrestling with them. Maybe. But that's still their version of going hard, and these are professional fighters. Well, you part know, of that, you know, the, there's no point in injuring each other, and there's no point. Well, there's no point in. I mean, it's with our, with my, with you know, saber martial. There's no point in actually injuring. Somebody. That's the point. You don't get the seven forms by just whacking each other with shicho as hard as you can. Yeah, no. you know, I think that was the biggest thing that I had a biggest issue with. How you know, like. Because there was no formal training in TSL, right? 
uh, that, you know, like, you know, we were just all there to get together and just kind of cross swords. Right. And that was fun. But, but fun the, escalates sometimes. Yeah, and it does, right? And so, like, you know, like, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this because, you know, coming from traditional martial arts, but, you know, when you find that person in the dojo to train with, right, we, we try not to lead with technique. We try not to lead with, you know, whoever's stronger or power or whatever. We say, like, especially in my dojo, we say we lead with spirit, right, with key, right? Um, and you need to find something that's compatible with you because, you know, you push that key, they're going to push back with that key, Right. You know, and like, you know, like Mark, you were talking about how like, you know, hey, you, you may walk away with like a little bruise or a little something, but it's not going to be this guy's going to be knocking you out. And then you also know, you know, a lot of, you know, like Japanese martial arts, especially karate, right? You start with respect, you end with respect. That's why you always start with a bow and you always end with a bow, you know. And so, you know, like I've, I have two lifelong guys that I've been training with. I had more, but they kind of, they kept, you know, the life circumstances, they had to drop out. But one is my co, was my co-instructor that I teach with on a regular basis. His name is Donnie Takamoto. Um, funny thing is, you know, like I grew up with this guy, right? He's a year younger than me, but families are close. Found out when I was like 30 something that he's actually a distant cousin of mine, right? Yeah. But we've been busting each other's, you know, asses ever since we were like, you know, like literally like six, seven right more so once i got to karate right you know so but he pushed me along but we never got the situation I mean, yeah you know what we walk away with a bloody lip you know maybe a broken nose you know like but that's karate right especially when you're doing you know bare knuckle right and, you know and so and we're still pulling our punches you know you know but the thing is is you know but they make you better right well i think i might better. have brought this up with uh you and alan k or or someone i feel like it was you or maybe Courtney, but um, the grandmaster of Kenpo or American Kenpo, Ed Parker, um, very, um, again, Shicho kind of guy, which is funny because Kenpo people be like, well, yeah, but he choreographed like 200 self-defense techniques that each have like seven to 12 moves in them. It's because he had students who um, like, like Noah was saying, like they wanted to get to form five right away. That's so that's why he choreographed that stuff. Truthfully, inward block, elbow to the ribs. That's that's his motto, right? Well, the, he was talking about uh, this movie, The Perfect Weapon, which came out in the nineties uh, uh, with Jeff, Jeff Speakman. Speakman. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, shout out to Jeff Speakman. He's a hell of a martial artist and really, really great good for the perpetuate for the perpetuation of martial arts. Um, and great stage and great like stunt man too, like stunt fighter. And that was Ed Parker's point. He was being interviewed about stunt fighting basically. And he's saying like when they're stunt fighting, they're actually fighting. It's just that they know what they're doing mm -hmm. and they know what the other person's going to do. And instead of punching all the way, they're punching minus two or three inches of what they normally would. It's like, so is it really that hard to go the extra two or three inches? Absolutely not. It's much harder not to go that two or three inches, which is kind of what we're all saying with our drills. Um, so that maybe brings up a little bit of stage fighting too, because that's something that we're as SMAF, like just full disclosure in order to keep our nonprofit status, we have to require that all of our schools focus on at least 51% quote unquote combat. Okay. Um, but a lot of our people do stage combat and chore choreography just because it's fun. Um, just because cool. it's awesome and it's good practice. Yeah. It's basically kata. Yeah. Um, 
it's two person kata or three person kata. And so when you're doing this, I think it's really important for stage people to hear. Um, Often they're taught by people who only know stage combat and they tout themselves as having martial arts experience. Martial arts, by definition, by the term martial, which means of war, you need to fight. Legitimately unchoreographed fight. Okay? Mm -hmm. Spar or do contact drills or whatever the case may be, but it needs to be unchoreographed, spontaneous fighting. And that's what the 51% is for us. Um, There's some gray area in there, obviously. We want to be inclusive, but... For people who are doing choreography, let's say you're teaching people to hit six inches from someone's head, and that's the zone that you're going to send your blade to when they call out this number or this letter or whatever system you're using to teach. First of all, if you don't actually have martial arts experience, don't tell people that. That's a <laughs> bad place to put yourself in. Okay, right. I fear for your safety if that's the type of person you are. Second of all, Teach those people to go for the actual head, not six inches next to the head, because now you are teaching them martial arts. You are actually teaching them how to strike to and block to that zone for real. That doesn't mean that you want people whacking each other in the head. Obviously, like you teach them that Ed Parker thing, like minus maybe two inches, minus maybe three inches, but don't aim for that three inch gap. Aim for the cheek, aim for the belly, just aim lightly. Don't hit so freaking hard all the time and don't get so amped up, whether it's choreography or sparring that you forget that that's another human being across from you. And there are no extra rewards for KOs and saber fighting. Right. No, no one ups. It's just yeah. not there. That brings up a light touch is just as good as a full power strike. Almost better because it shows that you're focused on your technique. And, and it's a lightsaber, so you treat it like one. You just need a touch. Now that that brings up probably. Wow, we've been we've been talking for a while. So Holy probably cow. the last question again before. Woo. The, the 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 last question before the next time we do one of these. <laughs> okay, so uh, Mark was just talking about, um, I guess for a better, for lack of a better term in my mind, false technique, right? Uh, the paper tiger techniques, right? So I'm curious, yeah. like, what is everybody's favorite? Like, yeah, that would never work technique. Oh. Uh huh. Do do we have time to go into movie style Jarkai? I'm just saying. Let let's keep it in the let's keep it let's put a box around it. Okay. Okay. In uh, let let us keep it in the 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 box of uh a saber martial arts combat about uh, a single match like one-on-one like the uh the one technique that's like no that will never work stop doing that but people still yeah. teach but people but, right. <laughs> or, 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 or how about this that people want to learn their first day oh you know what <laughs> okay, this i have one it's not so it's not so much a, a move but 
is much more about fundamentals, right? And it has to do with how, which way you hold your, 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 you know, especially in, especially in Shicho, right? Which way you hold your saber, mm-hmm. right? And your feet, Ooh, right? Okay. Because if you're holding your saber a certain way, your feet have to be a certain way in order for that sword, you know, for that saber to flow, right? If you're cocked, your body's cocked and your feet are, you have the wrong feet forward, but you have the right card, right? You're going to get stuck. But I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of people, you know, see, show, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. And they have their feet opposite with their hands. And I'm like, you will never be able to get a good, you know, cross body, you know, a shot unless you flip your feet the other way. Uh-huh. Right. And it's like, I, I, I don't know if that's just, you know, if it's just something that came to me naturally because I've been around swords for a while or, but, you know, like, it, 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 it okay put it this way it, it irks the heck out of me when I see that. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, then you're, you're teaching them how to ja- you're jamming them up number one with their feet they're never going to be able to get the fundamentals for their footwork and the, you know with their bottom half and their upper you know their lower body and their upper body right and you need to be able to get because the way you use your hips in sword fighting especially in asian you know asian or eastern style it's not like how you know the western you know the way it's more of a a rotational basis, centripetal force, right? It's more Asian style sword fighting is more like a fishing pole, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like when you when you understand the fundamentals and when you understand, you know, certain just aspects of it, and you see it, it's like, ah, come on, you know. <laughs> so sorry, it's not quite, it's not so much quite of a technique, but it's just something that I see a lot, you know. Right. And I, you know, I try to give, I just try to say, hey, switch up your feet a little bit, you might, you might feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like any sort of like butterfly twist kick. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Um, like, I mean, look, it would be like, you know, badass to like pull off something like that, you know, but yeah, don't, don't, don't flip in air. I mean, like now, you know, my view on saber combat specifically is because it's, you know, not a, you know, life or death situation and it's sporting and it's fun. I mean, go ahead, you know, flip through the air and then jump in and, yes. and do the crazy stuff, but don't, don't flip around in the air, bro. Like just, <laughs> I could, I completely disagree. Go for it. I want to see it <laughs> videotape it. And if you actually get the point, boom, if you don't get I mean, the point, yeah. ah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Give me some points, baby. Uh, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Courtney, let me jump <laughs> in on that really quickly because it's funny you say, you say like, butterfly twist. And stuff. Like, well, the move I was going to pick was, like, cartwheeling, um, especially with, like, a taru. Like, people just think, like, oh, you do flips and right? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, there's there's a, a friend of mine. Um, shout out to Bazooka Joe Stripling from Lion Fight Muay Thai. Um, he is one of their heavyweight all-stars right now. And um, he has one knockout by cartwheel kick and a second cartwheel kick success in a match right before a knockout with an elbow. Talk about she chill. That's determination. That right is deter- there, and and homeboy Whoa. is like homeboy is like 265 and he cuts to get there. So that's, that's freaking my size. That's my yeah. way. Oh, I'm 265. Dude, he just and cartwheel kick. Oh. Not, it's on YouTube. Cartwheel kick knockout. Bazooka <laughs> Joe stripper. Um. Anyway, he, like, but to to Courtney's point, like 
you don't just do that unless you're already feeling like you got this in the bag. <laughs> and truth yeah. be told, he'd already pretty much won that fight decision-wise. So he was just like, ah, I'm a big dude. Let's do a cartwheel. And he wow. knocks the dude out with it. <laughs> Straight heel Whoa. to the jaw. Imagine the force. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, tr- Cor- Courtney's 100% right. Like, yeah, uh, maybe don't flip through the air for just other people's safety. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really like, it's not mm-hmm. like Devil May Cry. Like, you're not gonna... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, you know. All right, Dante. All right. So, <laughs> Noah. And, How motivated are you? <laughs> Noah and Ben and Kenny, what do you guys think is like the ultimate death dragon kata move that everybody wants to learn or thinks that they know? In my school, um, there's well, there's one student in particular, and I I think I've kind of gotten him away from wanting to do this because I let him try it against me, and I just absolutely destroyed him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted he was he was so infatuated and really really wanted to right after he got his graduation to where he could start using a one handed fighting style. He wanted to do reverse grip. Oh God! And I oh. Him, like, you're gonna lose every single one of your fights. You're never gonna beat me. That's where I was going with the uh, the the mm. movie style Jarkai. That's where I was going. Yeah. With yeah. Have you ever seen one person land a hit using reverse grip? And he's in this call right now. <laughs> is it? Is it Alan? <laughs> I, I, exactly. I think I remember seeing that too. I think I have some videos of me. Uh, fighting bead with reverse grip i can't vouch for whether or not i get any points in but i think again it's one of those things like courtney said like ah yeah i'm having fun i might as well just <laughs> it looks cool yeah it it up. Up. i have to say i got that point after i had a four point lead yes yeah. so, okay. there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> flex on him there you and go it was one of those those things where i was just like well, I can't really lose if I if I do this. So why not? But Plus, of course, he disarms you. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. It's like he got he got a point on me because I switched to reverse grip, and I just had the wherewithal to block his attack on the next point and just stab him in the throat. And it, was, <laughs> it, it was one of those things where I was like. I think I just scored. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I can see now people want to do this. Nice. I think we've got (laughs) Kenny and Noah left, I think, on this question. Right. Right. Well, the reverse grip was the big one because anytime I see like like, okay. Was it that boy meme? That's what I was thinking. And but make my answer different. Um spinning techniques is one of those things like okay i need to spoil these people like okay let me just get your back <laughs> anytime we do spinning technique spinning so, oh yeah 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 spinning that's a good tech that's a good move that's a good yeah. trick it, <laughs> it worked for anakin right <laughs> yeah the chosen one look no no that was pod racing all right noah what's the uh double secret dragon move in in your group you know, we don't really have one. Our group's so diverse. Everyone really does have their own thing. I have one from our episode with you. And maybe you could talk about, which is the knee slide to slash. Oh, oh that's that Harrison's thing. 
He's really the only one who does that. Uh, we see that in TSL a lot. What's his success rate on that, roughly? Be well, fair. Well, we know he got at least one point. I know. I was going to say, we, we you saw know, I maybe say 12 it's, times. It's, I, I will say it is probably a little more effective than you guys think. I love still not the, still like not that. the most effective thing out there, <laughs> right? Right, but definitely more than you guys think. I love that. Giving credit where credit is due—that's a man well, it's, of, it's, of honor. It's something that's unorthodox, right? That you don't really expect. Like, um, I forget his name, but uh, I love him. He 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 does he does a lot of uh, the a lot of the stuff for uh, uh, Nerdist, and then he moved to IGN. I was gonna just say I was just thinking Jesse. of Jesse, yeah, yeah Jesse Gill. Yeah. He, he does. Uh, what's he call it? The flying oh, squirrel. Flying yeah, squirrel. but hold on. Disclaimer. Disclaimer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you have to understand the reason why the flying squirrel ever came to be, right? <laughs> is that he was down one point, and he needed to tie it up to go to overtime at TSL two, no TSL three, right? <laughs> and somebody told him just go for it, and so you know. He ran out and he did a diving, he did a diving stab and he scored, yeah. right? And now, okay, guys, okay. And I say this with love because Jesse, I, uh, Jesse's great. I love Jesse. Yeah, you know, Jesse. we're actually planning on working out. We you know, love probably you, in the, you know, and so I mean, and you know, he, him and I, we talk about it. And you know, that he kind of coined it. That's his. That's his thing, right? Um, but it is dangerous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah anytime anytime your feet leave the floor and your saber yeah. is out and you're lunging towards somebody right yeah. uh you know the, the control factor well, that's I mean, the like, knee like slide to... too like uh yeah. it's kind of like going in for a single leg takedown but your yeah. head's on the inside and you forget you're in an mma <laughs> match and they can knee you right yeah. like right. shove your head to the outside yeah. homie <laughs> it'll, one, it'll do wonders uh, for you <laughs> i have one like that uh it was um I think it was like my first tournament and you know one of my guys joe he's fighting ryan and you know i, I was wrapping the match and i just say go and joe just runs out and dives across the floor <laughs> and ryan literally just goes bam and hits him in the back <laughs> <laughs> and we all just stand there like whoa you just really dove across the floor like that and it didn't, <laughs> and it didn't work I'll, like what a want want I'll, I'll send the clip in the chat i got oh, it. I love that <laughs> oh, man. okay guys i know we have to finish up i do want to do a short little little tiny little game here and it only requires that we kind of let our hair down a little bit at the end here so i'm gonna play a little game called shicho or not I'm going to say some things. Some of them will be weapons. Some of them will be martial arts styles. Some of them will be pizza toppings. And some of them will be characters. And you just have to say Shicho or no. Okay. So uh, the first one, Kenny's shirt, Boba Fett. Shicho or no? No. No. No? After the Mandalorian, you guys are saying no? After the way he wielded that gaffy stick? You know what? I say yes. I say, I mean, you know, he he's persevered. You know, like Boba Fett. That's you know? <laughs> right. uh, um, perseverance right there. I mean, it, you know, him cl- crawling out of the Sarlacc pit alone is that that's Shicho right there. I, I would say uh, Boba Fett would go go for the perseverance form more than the determination form. Yeah, but that's that, that's that's, that's yeah, probably true. Okay. Actually, okay, okay, that's probably true. I can see yeah. that. I yeah, I am. 
pretty perseverance form and we do smell our own. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Shicho or no? Um, Qui-Gon Jinn. No. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes because even though in lore he's an Ataru user in the end of the phantom menace we see him do exactly what we've been talking about all episode which is gather himself go back to his roots granted he gets stabbed in the chest but that was a dirty move by darth maul and darth maul was like and darth maul was like 40 years younger at the time so you know whatever I, i'm gonna say mark is a qui-gon apologist <laughs> <laughs> moving on Qui-Gon yeah you know I gotta agree I mean he did go back he did you know that that actually part of that the whole movie that was the best part for me the fact that if his fight with Darth Maul and you know Obi-Wan's chasing and you know like when they get caught behind those laser you know the laser doors you know you know freaking uh, Darth Maul's kind of getting all crazy and you know and you know you got Qui-Gon going back to his roots you know, so yeah, I, I say she cho. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheese curls, she cho or no? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. No, cheese curls, no. You have been putting the term and they eat more than two of them. It's it's all about the funions in my house. So. Oh, is that your she cho <laughs> yeah. snack at your house? As far as I've seen. I see cheese, cheese, you know, cheese curls come back up. I mean, they, they weren't determined to stay down. <laughs> I said no. I'm determined to keep them down because I don't want to want them coming back up. Oh man! <laughs> All right, here we go. Shicho or no? Steve Urkel. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. No Absolutely. idea. You know what? Absolutely. That dude was the most determined guy. No yeah. kidding. So, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Hell you know, yeah. and he couldn't have become Stefan without she chose. There right. we go, or Bruce yeah. Lee, or yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she chose or no? Um, baseball bat. Yes. Baseball yeah, bat. Baseball bat. She chose. Maybe yeah. it could be. Yeah. She chose. Generally speaking, okay. She chose or no? Um, this is pretty easy. Katana. Yeah. Yes, very much so. <laughs> okay. uh, very obvious, right? So this is a little less obvious. Shicho or no? Uh, hand and a half sword. Good For me, it's a yes. Yes, I I, I would say yes. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Depending I, on I, where where it's from, then yes. Okay, that's a good answer. Yes, it could be. So mm-hmm. hand and a half. You mean like just like a bastard sword? Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you could like also say long sword, yeah. but depending right. on the size of the user. You know, it would be a one well, or two. Is it German handed. or is it French or is it Italian? So come on. Now. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Chicho is Chicho is Chicho to me. <laughs> so here we go. She Chicho or no wrestling, like high school wrestling. Definitely Chicho. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm getting no good nods all around. Okay. Chicho yeah. or no basketball. Yeah. 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 Actually, yes. 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 Because because games games are won by or, oh, and they go for like so many points, right? Like they get into the hundreds sometimes and score. Yeah. It, but you know, with that oh, wow. many people on the floor, and you know, so Three how players. many how can how many games are so close? Yeah. Right. And they play a ton of so, games in a season too. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop. 
Oh, there you go. They can just keep on running. Yeah. <laughs> she show or no? Um, jousting. Ooh. Like traditional Ooh. medieval jousting on horseback. Like on horseback with a lance. Or Heath Leather. Heath Ledger style, <laughs> yeah. Talk about determination. <laughs> okay. If, yeah. if you put it that way, then I guess it is. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm down. To me, I'm it's super chicha. Like, there's only one thing you can do. Yeah. And yes. you better be the best well, at by it. By the way, boys, can we do bicycle jousting with cars? I would, I would so love that. Like, so, on speeder I, I bikes? Remember, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard my, my pitch. You got knocked off your I don't know if you guys heard my pitch to the board on one of one of these where uh, you wear a Tauntaun costume. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And then you fight on Tauntauns. Could be a speeder oh, bike. Man. I'm down. <laughs> I'm so down. Okay, Shicho or no. Uh, Asajj Ventress. Ooh, no. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I say no. More perseverance for her. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shicho or no? Firearms. It should Depends be a yes. on the firearm. It should be a yes. Alan, yeah. Alan, you've been a firearms instructor before, correct? No, no, no. I, I just know many of them, and they're my friends, so that I can have a firearm anytime I want. Okay, so I do. I do. I, do up my I, I am not. I am not licensed at all to be a firearms instructor. <laughs> ben, what were you I saying? I grew up my entire life shooting guns. I definitely think it's Chicho because you only have. There's only one. Like you said, there's only one thing you could do. You point the gun and you shoot it, and the bullet goes to where you're pointing it at. But you got to have those fundamentals so tight. Yeah. yeah. That, that's you know, why. I, that's why I said it should be. And, and if you're as bad shot as I am, and you're determined to hit that target, right? Let's keep going at it. I mean, how much ammo I've wasted over the years? Oh my <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, you only need one shot to hit the center, so you can brag about it and post it on Instagram. Uh, no, seriously, I think that's something like Alan said, and like Ben is kind of echoing, being that he grew up with it. Like, you don't just pick up a gun and be like. Oh, I know where the dangerous end is. You know, you have to no. like, yeah. you have to know everything about like that. You should know everything about that thing in your hand. You should know. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. mean I mean, I, you I, do. I disassemble and reassemble all of my firearms. There you go. Shicho, right like, there. Every single day. Okay. Every single day. Here we go. Shicho or no? Pepperoni pizza. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's like one of the most yeah. basic pizzas out there. Yeah, by, I would say and probably 80 percent, 80 to 90 percent of people will not say no to a slice of pepperoni. That's probably yeah. true. Chicho. Mm. OK, I'll, I'll be in the 10 or 20 percent that would. <laughs> there you Same. go. For me, oh. it's like it's like bordering on Makashi. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do a couple more. Chicho or no that, Sonic that the Hedgehog. Is, that. That is yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely for Sonic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, Danny. I have to agree there. Okay. You can only really do one or two things, man. <laughs> but those one or two things he does, he does well. He I've does. You know what? No, I would say Sonic's more like Atari. Ooh, I was thinking that too, that. but I've never played oh. the game. Well, he, he does. He does do it. He, he, I'm arguing of, of the basic. The basic nature of Sonic, right? Jump, spin, run. Yeah, but I agree with you. 
that makes all, a good point. Super aggressive. <laughs> super aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no block button in a Sonic game. Yeah, there is no block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, I'm right there with you, Courtney. Uh, let's do like yeah. one more. Um, Shicho or no? Oh, we'll do a couple weapons. Uh, Shicho or no nunchucks? No. 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 I would go no myself. Shicho or no trident? <laughs> Uh, okay, are we talking trident or are we talking tiger fork? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> We're talking either. Okay. Well, if you know how to use a tiger fork, then yes. <laughs> Post it in the ground. Wait for tiger. <laughs> it's off the tiger so it jumps at you. Then post it in the ground. Yes, so the it, fundamentals uh, are all there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, trident, though, like the gladiator yeah, trident, that, yeah. is... To me, just all aggressive. Yeah. Because all the blocking is done with the net. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. That's true. You're right. It's almost like mm-hmm. Makashi Ataru. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's it's pretty much Jarkai, right? Oh, yeah. It's true too. You got two. Yeah, you got two. It's almost the ultimate form six representation because that net is like, that's a whole set of mastered skills to behold. Okay. But, so so. But then you Kyle, can think of his. Kyle, Sabernet. <laughs> yeah. You know that what doesn't the, sound too hard. But the thing too is you can also consider it Sarissa too because of, it could be considered defensive style. Yeah, because yeah. you're keeping them yeah. so you're, far you're away locking them down. Never, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Shicho or no? Pocket knife. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very yes is all around. Yeah. Shicho or no? fisticuffs plain old boxing yes yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely uh and we'll do one more shicho or no um let's just think of something a little more archery i guess it could be let's say let's say traditional archery of any kind not compound archery even though it's basically the same i'd say makashi is is archery why would you say makashi that's a curious answer because of uh it takes uh, a very high amount of skill and precision yeah, to be does. good. Yeah. It does. I could make the there's argument for there's not a lot of like it, I mean there's obviously there's a ton of skill but as far as like fundamentals and basics there's I like mean, half a dozen things to remember and that's it. Yeah there's not a lot that you can really vary as far as like form wise to change your archery but and, and you do have to be very focused and very determined in hitting that center point on your target. So I would say yes. I'm going to make the what? argument for Ataru on that one because you can't really block with an arrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Although Unless if you're – well, I was just going to say, <laughs> think... if you're the green arrow, you could do a lot of things with that bow and arrows. <laughs> you know, I think you guys are right because this, you know, like archery can fit in the, uh, you know, in all those areas. Yeah. I mean, even with Makashi, I mean, you know, there's, a, there's everybody, I mean, like, if you think about it, like old school longbow, like a longbow, right? I mean, there's some grace and some beauty behind, you know, on, on that draw, mm-hmm. right? And, and it does take, um, you know, a, it takes you know it takes a high level of skill to be able to use it but then again taking that to another level so let's say let's take it to the ataro level right mounted I mean, archery you know, multiple, or something yeah, multiple shots i mean you got you know there's different ways to be able to you you know utilize it in different 
I guess, in a different form. So well, also there's I can see that too. different types of bows. And exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like your Mongol <laughs> archers might be a little more Ataru, whereas your Japanese field archers are going to be a little more Shicho, but your Japanese mounted archers are going to be a little more form four, form six. And then you have your European bowmen that would shoot from the ramparts of castles and things. And they're, 100% Chicho Ataru, you know. And the thing about arrows and bullets in particular is point A to point Z, they don't stop for anything in between, you know, unless they hit something that's harder than them. So, or, or they hit something. Yeah, or so. period. Yeah, and, and get tangled up in All it right. or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, like, um, I think taking up ranged disciplines archery even a slingshot a pellet gun um a nerf blaster trying to hit stuff with a nerf (laughs) blaster like it's really good cross training and it is a martial art in my opinion Mm. Uh, it well anything that shows up for for me at least because there's a sharp shooting uh there's sharp shooting in the olympics right yeah. Those guys don't just show up because they're a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Train. Oh, I got oh, the yeah. Olympics on Thursday. Friday, I'll have a yeah. beer. <laughs> Those guys, they're for the biathlon. You know, they they train to be able to, you know. Oh, man. Swim like the English Channel and then take a, a pop shot from the Swiss Alps. You know, it's it's, it's And see food all on yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah, on a Tuesday. So that's that's kind of the thing, right? In, in maybe to wrap everything up, Chicho is is that determination. It's the beginning. It's the foundation of which a lot of everything is based upon. The master that's key what, to unlock all yeah, locks. Yeah, Chicho for the, life. It's the framework of your house, right? It's yeah. the foundation to lay your framework, and then. Now it's up to you to fill up, you know, the rooms the way you you, you need them to be, to be yeah. a better expression of you, the type of martial artist you've evolved to be. That's awesome. It's a good way to close too, gentlemen. I wish we could stay forever. We're already at two and a half hours. I can't even believe it. Um, <laughs> at, wow. ser- I say that all the time, but truthfully, like time is flying. So. I mean, it's called the Saber Martial Arts Podcast. Like, we're going to talk about Shicho again. We're going to have you guys on for another Swords <laughs> and Sabers. We'll talk about some mac and cheese next time. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, I like this little Shicho or no game. So next time we'll do Makashi or no, and, and we'll see what's up. Um, nice. So nice. thank you all. I would have you all go around and say where to find you. But as Alan told us in the last few episodes go to sabermartialarts.life if you want to find any of these people that you heard tonight they're all there under affiliate schools and click on whoever you want all of us send us a message sabermaoutreach at gmail.com that's how you find me sabermartialartsfoundation at gmail.com that's how you find the council and um sabermartialarts.life go fill out an application become one of us join our saber valhalla please Woo-hoo. hashtag saber valhalla 
Hashtag three sectional saber. Thank you so much. Uh, until next time, bring your own saber. <laughs>